Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Wednesday hump day. Woo, woo. We Hope got Theo in the building. We always have Theo in the building. Hope everyone had an amazing week since we saw you last and we hope you enjoyed our last episode. We got such positive feedback from Emma Chamberlain because we what, did. what else is there to give? Oh my God, I forgot about that. We are so sneaky and we're doing the same thing today with our guest, which is in the title at this point. So you know her, you love her. Dorit Kemsley is on the end of this episode. We also recorded our interview with her via Zoom. So it's on our YouTube channel and it's everything of the sort just like her yeah it was really um a dream come true moment for us a dream come true moment it was really nice to obviously talk to her and just tell her how much we love her but also ask some lingering questions that I had about the episode that like I kept in the back of my mind like if I talk to a housewife soon this is what I'm gonna ask right. like is bravo 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 something that is actually said often and she answers our questions she answers with honesty she didn't hold back she was like even for our little zoom she was looking glamorous as hell snatched to the gods with those orange nails yeah she was looking so good so we really hope you guys enjoy that and again if you want to watch it it's up on our youtube um hope everyone had a fabulous week we did we've been having a fabulous week and i do think that the toasters are having fabulous weeks also because the content like does not stop coming even though we are on vacation and there are technically yes less episodes of the toast we're giving so much more on the patreon if you're not a patreon member we've had four out of five episodes go up this month there's still one more coming some vlogs some podcasts we had olivia and margo join ben was in one michaela even joined one you hear some of her little whimpers before we had to give her the boot so if you're needing more from us than just these weekly episodes head over to patreon.com slash morning toast seven dollars and 99 cents gets you five extra episodes every month they're podcasts they're vlogs they're everything of the sort and you also get access to our private members only facebook group if you become a member so it's really worth joining at this point so much fun this week we also filmed a vlog two weeks ago when we did our weekly episode we shared with you guys something really personal to us which is our love of walmart yeah it's something we've wanted to open up about for a long time (laughs) and you know it was just the right time for us it was the right time and then you guys were so receptive towards that that you guys thank you by the way for being so supportive you guys support it goes so far and you asked us to do a walmart haul vlog which we did it also inspired another idea for a vlog uh because we went to a very special fast food chain after and like just watching us eat in the car like we are so big mukbang like we were being such animals we are so like hungry and just like I'm just so excited about the idea of drive throughs You know, it's not something we get to experience a lot no. in the city. There is one drive through on, like, 11th and 34th Street, but who the fuck has time to go down there? No. So it is 
it was an experience for us and maybe something common to everyone else, but we don't get drive throughs and we, t- we, we take them seriously. And I really do think, uh, like, at least for me personally, I'm glad that we have footage of our drive through experience because, like, I'm going to rewatch that when we get back to the city and I just need to, like, live vicariously through a drive through moment. And we're, that spawned a drive through series for us, which we're going to film probably later this week. N- next month, probably, because we're still here for the first half of oh, September, yeah. so you'll still be getting vlogs from vacation. We have some really exciting things planned. So head over to patreon.com slash the morning toast for all of that so much happened this week there's a lot of housewives news a lot of housewives news we're going to talk about let's just talk about the dorinda in the room right we're going to talk about her firing it is a confirmed firing by the way confirmed according page, to Dale, oh, Dale page Dale six is now saying it oh. so we recorded our new york recap before this where it was just daily mail reporting that she was fired but now page six is reporting it and i'm pretty sure it's a confirmed firing that's crazy so we talk about all of our thoughts on the episode and her departure in our tv recap segment we're also talking beverly hills potomac Potomac. everything you want to hear and then of course joined by the queen herself joined by the queen herself there is a lot of news though from the rest of the week that i look forward to getting into um, but on a personal note, how are you doing? How is your inner peace going? My journey to inner peace did take a couple hits this week. I'm not going to lie. There were a couple things that really set me off. And what's so frustrating about the journey to inner peace is that to get there, it's it's so much work. Like, it is so long. And, and once you get there, it can be taken from you in a matter of seconds. Yeah. So I had a few instances this week where my inner peace that I worked really, really hard to generate was taken from me. One time, yes, it was taken from you, by you, sorry. No. When you did my crossword. Oh, fine. I thought you were talking about the walk, and I I refused to let that be my fault. So then the other, like, drama that we had this week was this hike that we took, which, like, I have been walking um, multiple times a week here, just, like, trying to get my blood flowing. And I do... I know my limits, and yeah, that's the thing. as it's, you should. I know my body. It's the blogger in me. Like, I'm always listening to my body. Listen to your body. And I always listen to my body, and I know what my limits are, and there's a certain hike trail here where I know where I can go, and, the, and then when it's time to turn back. It is technically, like, one big loop. It's, like, a two-and-a-half-mile loop, but I walk for 15 minutes into that trail, and then I walk 15 minutes back. Like, that is my limit. Mm-hmm. And we went on a hike... Um, and the group decided to do the whole thing, like, while we were already started. And I wasn't going to be, like, the sad person who, like, turned around. So I just agreed to it, even though I, I did protest saying that it was not going to be good. But no one listened to me. And we ended up doing the whole trail. And it was just a journey, like, truly, emotionally, spiritually. It was really fucking hard. We totally underestimated. We got, like, kind of lost. Like, it was, I tried to cut through. Like, it was such a non-peaceful journey for me that really shook up my inner chakra and totally like re dismantled my inner peace and my inner belief system in like in in the world honestly i'm i'm sorry that that happened and jackie was one of the people encouraging i I just want you guys to know when everyone was like i had already done the loop earlier in the day so i went on your guys's walk thinking you were going to do the 15 minute thing which is the perfect cool which is always my plan it's the perfect cool down for me that's what i thought i was going to be a part of and when you guys were talking about doing the whole thing i didn't want to encourage it one because that's like not really what I came to do and but I didn't want to discourage it because just because I already went doesn't mean you guys shouldn't be more adventurous okay well so I legit said nothing and and somehow I'm a co-conspirator well I don't know who to point the finger at because it all happened so fast but all I know is that my inner peace was taken from me and has yet to return has yet to return. That's what I was going to ask you if you found other forms of inner peace. No, and we've been podcasting today, which is not not peaceful, but it just doesn't bring me the inner peace that like my coloring in the nature does. But do you think that after we finish podcasting, you'll find inner peace? Because we like 
you'll ha- feel rewarded. Accomplished. Accomplished. Like, we'll maybe. Do, you know? We'll see. You'll, and then you'll really be able to relax. Oh, no. Well, tomorrow we have, like, a shit ton to do. Yeah. So, we'll see. I'm thinking my, my maybe ear piece in, might make a return around the weekend. Yeah. Maybe on Thursday. You'll we'll find see. some IP. Maybe we'll your IP address will return. Maybe. <laughs> Well, Claudia, that's beautiful. Thank you. I hope you find what you're looking for. So I hope hope the same for you. There's nothing better than a peaceful Claudia. It's so true. And that's not me today. I'm ready to fight. And I hope you're... Oh, we have some fighting to do today. Do we? Yeah, mostly with Jerry Seinfeld. Oh! I'm saving it for the last story so we can give all of our energies to it after we've covered the news. Because, you guys... You know, Jerry Seinfeld's a funny guy. I, and, I, you know, I watch his stand-up, and we have, like, the same shtick. He doesn't like to leave his house, you know, all that stuff. I never thought that I would disagree with him so wholeheartedly. Like, he's not the man I thought he was. No, and I really look forward to getting into and ripping his op-ed that he wrote about New York City. If you haven't read it, don't waste your time. It's literally ten sentences long, and it makes no fucking sense. It actually doesn't take up that much time, but it's really good because, at least for me, I saw his op-ed that he was rebutting a different article that New York City is dead, which I hadn't heard of before, so I was able to click on it, and it just spoke directly into right, my of soul. No, obviously, like, the <laughs> negative article really speaks to us, and Jerry's, like, attempt at being positive, with just, like, a lack of understanding of the world around him really frustrated A lack me. of awareness and a lack of facts, and the other guy was dropping facts, and, like, he didn't want to be saying what he was saying. None of us want this to be the Nobody reality. Nobody wants it to be the truth. Nobody wants it to be the reality, but it's the reality. Okay, we'll get to it. People we'll get, might not know what we're yeah, talking about. Okay, we'll get but to there's it. there's drama. There's so much drama, but without further ado, it is time to deliver the past five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And by the way, I think I figured out actually what is really stopping my inner peace and it's Mm -hmm. my RDH flare-ups. Get it out, sis. Get it out. Okay. You guys, today's episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. You all probably know Liquid IV for their popular hydration drink, drink, but they've just launched their newest energy line, the Energy Multiplier. With roughly 100 milligrams of clean caffeine, it's the perfect coffee replacement and an all-natural alternative to processed energy drinks for a sustained energy boost throughout the day. So I always feel tired, and people are always telling me to drink coffee, but first of all, I just don't like the taste. Second of all, I heard it stunts your growth. Like, I just never got on the coffee train, but that leaves me hanging when it comes to, like, tiredness you know those crashes at three o'clock so the liquid iv energy multiplier is a perfect product for me they have premium matcha and green energy blends that taste delicious and provide a lasting energy boost throughout the day it's the same boost you'd get from one to two cups of coffee but without the crash it contains a mixture of matcha guiasa and ginger that's high in antioxidants that helps improve mood and focus their cellular transport technology delivers an optimal ratio of nutrients for an, a more efficient uptake they're also on a mission to change the world they are donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID. Their products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. So you can buy Liquid IV, stop being tired, but also be helping a great cause. They're available nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code TOAST at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code TOAST at liquidiv.com. Start fueling your adventures today at liquidiv.com, promo code TOAST. Liquid IV has just been so amazing on this trip. We've been Mm -hmm. needing to hydrate. All that hiking, all that inner peace. All that drinking. Liquid IV is a girl's best friend. Yeah, all their products are bomb, and this one actually really speaks to me. Totally. Okay, first story, some extremely exciting news. The Real adds Garcelle Bouveau as the newest co-host. Wow. 
Garcelle has been named the newest co-host of The Real Variety, has learned exclusively. She is joining the syndicated talk show following the departure of Tamara Mowry Housley, who announced earlier this summer that she had decided to exit the show after six seasons. The seventh season of The Real kicks off on September 21st. The panel will feature Garcelle, Lonnie Love, Janae Mai, and Adrian Houghton. I absolutely love Lonnie Love. But back to Garcelle, what a fabulous cast. We spoke about Tamara's departure and we were like coming up with ideas of who we thought would be her replacement and Garcelle did not cross my mind I couldn't I, have dreamed up a better and I, I love the surprise host. it's like someone who I love who I didn't even think of 100%. she was right there in front of me she was right there in front of us this is obviously so exciting because we've come to know and love Garcelle from Housewives I'm curious I'm assuming yes. she's gonna stay on Housewives to have a housewife who's on like a nationally syndicated daily show. talk show where she's probably gonna have to talk about Housewives I find it to be so interesting oh what I find interesting is that her schedule is so fucking busy she's always she was already events. she was already too busy for housewives now a daily show and the re- like being a, a host on one of these shows is non-stop it's like it, it airs so early you prepare all day then you have one the next day like it's so much work it's a full 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 full-time job and it never stops like you're on all year except for hiatus so i really don't know how she can feasibly do this and Housewives, and all the other projects she was juggling that were already making it hard for her to be present on right. Housewives. she already didn't go to Teddy's retreat and didn't go here and didn't go there. Right, so, so I want to believe that she can do it all, but I, I don't know. And also, even if she can't do Housewives, say, like, because that just seems like so much. I don't know how you do a show like um, The Real and then also produce and act and be in movies like she was doing on Housewives, because yeah. what you, like you said, this is a full, full, full time job. Actually, you know, that's a really interesting point that I just like breezed over that you made before. It's like, how can you be on a show? I don't, I don't, I can't think of any housewife who's ever been on two TV, not scripted, two TV shows at once, housewives and like a, a talk show. The only thing that's similar for me that I can think of is Portia and her radio show. Oh yeah. And it really added so much drama to the show because she would say things on the radio mm-hmm. show that she then has to answer for on Housewives. But a lot of Housewives like go on the reel when they do their press. That's interesting. Yeah, and if they, I don't know if they recap some of the shows, but I do think it adds a layer of drama, which I just find so interesting. But Garcelle um, put out a statement saying, I'm thrilled to be joining the dynamic, bold, and diverse women on the award-winning talk show, The Real. My love for pop culture and news blended with my natural gift of gab hmm. has always made me gravitate towards a talk show environment. It's also exciting that it's happening right after my amazing time joining The Real Housewives of Beverly hills that sounds kind final. of final yeah yeah no well, i can't i'm like loving her so much and we season. didn't get we we've got none of her like we i, I barely not enough and we, i feel like we really get to know her in her confessionals and they're so short and i feel like the real would basically be like a long confessional for her her confessionals are the best of garcelle finding out Agreed. what she actually thinks of all the women i live for it i'll be upset if this is the job that she took i mean not upset but i'll be disappointed if this she took this job instead of housewives because i i really don't see a world where someone can do both it would be a first unless she wipes her slate clean of all the other things then she could because also housewives is seasonal that's true and so is the real real, because they're not filming right now it's interesting i'll be very curious to see what happens i i feel like she likes being a housewife i think so too she's a great housewife she had a great first season Mm -hmm. she didn't even have to get so involved and make enemies but she has a great take on things, and I think she she could be a real staple. And I, she could I, be a real housewife. Yeah. And I don't want to see... I'm not ready for her journey to no. be over. So I hope that 
it's not final, even though it sounds like that. I hope that it's not final. I love this casting. Like, whoever's, whosever idea this was, like, needs a promotion. Fabulous mm-hmm. selection. Can't wait to watch. And, I, like, there was a lot of hype about who would fill the role. And, like, I feel like the hype, like, my expectations were met. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And that agree. never happens. No. At met, exceeded. I'm here for it. I'm so excited. Same. Congrats, Garcelle. Congrats. You deserve it. And congrats to The Real on just, like, having an amazing host. Panel now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they always did, but you know yes. what I mean. Okay, next story. So exciting. A little happy baby news. Leah Michelle gives birth to her son with her husband, Zandy Reich. Leah Michelle has given birth to her first child, People Reports. Sources told People that the Glee star and her husband welcomed a baby boy on August 20th. Quote, everyone's happy and healthy and they're extremely grateful. They quote an insider um, stating about the couple. Um, I literally turned to you like a few days ago and was like, has Leah Michelle been pregnant for six years or what? <laughs> and I feel like this baby's over too. Really? I feel like she, we just announced she was pregnant. Oh my god, no. I feel like I've been seeing like her Instagram baby bump pics like forever. Maybe because I don't follow her. Oh, I do. That I don't feel inundated well, by it. she's been real quiet. And you know, going through a cancellation, whatever your thoughts on Leah Michelle are, is very stressful. Mm-hmm. And being pregnant is obviously not ideal. So I'm glad that baby's healthy and everyone's good because that's truly all that matters. Truly all that matters. I'm very happy for her and her her family it's an exciting time it is i mean you know now the gleek in me is like you know would she and Corey have had a baby but you can't go down that road it's too dark no and every you know she's she's found her peace you know and you know what as someone constantly searching for my peace i'm happy for her yes that's all you can hope for someone is for them to find their inner peace so true so true Okay, next up, Paris Hilton opens up about the secret terrifying abuse she suffered as a teen. Paris has been in the news a lot because she has a new documentary, This Is Paris, premiering September 14th on her YouTube channel. I think it's like a YouTube original. I'm so excited. Me too. They've actually been selecting great people to do those YouTube documentaries with. I completely agree. I find her to be so interesting, fabulous, a close personal friend of yours. Oh, of course. Yes, that's why we love her. And I just love a good documentary. And I also feel like she could write a memoir soon. Well, it's like, remember um, The American Meme? That was like a documentary about yes. her, and honestly, I wanted more. No, every time I get like a, a some sort of video about her or her life, and you just see her in a different light than the one that she's always in, Put, yeah. it's so interesting. She's so interesting and smart, even when she's on Kardashians. Yes. Like, that's the thing that's so, um, why people, I think, are obsessed with her. It's like, obviously, everyone knows Paris Hilton, Party Girl, Heiress, all that stuff, but she's actually, like, so smart. And that's what I think people um, really liked about the American meme. And now I think that this is, like, a way more in-depth. And I think the YouTube documentary space is the perfect place for her. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of, like, Jessica Simpson's memoir. Very yes. similar. Like, she also is so smart. That's not what you would think of when you first think of her. Right. But when you take the time to hear her story and mm-hmm. listen to her, you're like, oh, this person is so smart. Right. And think about it. Jessica Simpson has a billion-dollar brand, as does Paris they're, Hilton. They're very, very similar. Yeah. But they get stuck into this, like, b- dumb blonde box. Bubbles. Yeah, no, and it's so offensive. It's, it's so offensive. It's so simplistic. It's so simplistic, but back to the story. Okay. Sorry. In her new documentary, the entrepreneur and reality star reveals for the first time the horrific abuse she says she endured as a teen while at boarding school in Utah. Quote, I buried my truth for so long, Hilton tells people exclusively of the mental, emotional, and physical pain she says she underwent while at Provo Canyon School in the late 90s. Quote, but I'm proud of the strong woman I've become. People might assume everything in my life came easy to me, but I want to show the world who I truly am. Years before 
before she she became a household name on The Simple Life in 2003. Hilton was a teen living in New York City's famed Waldorf Astoria Hotel with her parents, Rick and Kathy Hilton, That's and her crazy. younger siblings. Crazy. Also, is the Waldorf ever going to open back up? Oh, no. They, like, closed for renovations, like, five years ago, and they said, hi, we're closing for a full year. No one can stay here. Like, literally, Obama used to stay there. And then, yeah. like, they were like, sorry, you can't stay. Yeah. No one, the whole, and it takes, it's a hotel that takes up an entire city block, and they never reopened. No, but like I, I believe they must have plans to reopen because I haven't read anything that was like they're not reopening. But it's been legit five years. Totally, that's a very strange. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. She said, along with the privileges of her big city life, came big temptations. "Quote: It was so easy to sneak out and go to clubs and parties. My parents were so strict that it made me want to rebel. They'd punish me by taking away my cell phone, taking away my credit card, but it didn't work. I would still go out on my own. Wait, literally, like." We are all Paris Hilton. <laughs> we are all Paris Getting Hilton. Getting your phone taken away. Oh, that was such a dark time when that I used know, to happen. But that's like a real and good punishment. Um, like I learned my lesson when my phone got Snatchler, taken away. Snatchler, learn your lesson. lesson. So she's been teasing this um, YouTube series like on her Instagram. And they've been promoting it a lot. And there's like this big announcement, like something she's going to reveal. And she's been kind of hyping up the series with this kind of bombshell. And I guess that this is it. Yeah. She says that eventually her parents were fed up and made the decision to send their then 17-year-old daughter to a series of boarding schools that claimed to focus on behavioral and mental development. Ooh. The last of which was Provo Canyon School, where she would stay for 11 months. Almost immediately after she arrived, quote, I knew it was going to be worse than anywhere else. The abuse she faced, she says, took place on a daily basis. Quote, it was supposed to be a school, but classes were not the focus at all. From the moment I woke up until I went to bed, it was all day screaming in my face, yelling at me, continuous torture. When people uh, reached out to the Mm -hmm. school for comment, um, they responded, originally opened in 1971, Provo Canyon School was sold by its previous ownership in August 2000. We therefore cannot comment on operations or patient experience prior to this time. Patient? Oh, that's so true. Students. Stu- yeah, that's Wait, so interesting. That's also crazy that the school is still technically open. Yeah. Not for long. She said the staff would say terrible things. They were constantly making me feel bad about myself and bully me. I think it was their goal to break us down, and they were physically abusive, hitting and strangling us. <gasps> they wanted to instill fear in the kids so we'd be too scared to disobey them. Three of her former teen classmates also appear in the documentary, wow. making similar allegations about the school, including that they were often force-fed medication and held down by restraints as punishments. Oh my god. By the way, this is not a school. No. She said one of her classmates told staff that Hilton had plans to run away. She said she was placed in solitary confinement. <gasps> they would use that as punishment, sometimes 20 hours a day. Oh my, that's what they do in prison. That is so crazy. Crazy. See, that's the thing about Paris Hilton. She's so multifaceted. Like, yeah. she tells you one thing, and then she has this whole story on the other side. Oh, my gosh. I had seen, like, the had, like the Instagram headlines that right. Paris Hilton, you know, was opening up in her documentary about, like, abuse that she suffered as a child. This is just on an entirely other level. So she stayed there for a lot. I mean, I'm, the documentary comes out in September, so we don't know everything yet. But I'm curious to know... Did she tell her parents and they took her out? She said, um, attempts to tell her parents about the conditions at the school were fruitless. I didn't really get to speak to my family. Maybe once every two or three months. (gasps) We were cut off from the outside world. And when I tried to tell them once, I got in so much trouble, I was scared to say it again. They would grab the phone or rip up letters I wrote telling me, no one is going to believe you. And the staff would tell the parents that the kids were lying. So my parents had no idea what was going on. Oh my God, that's crazy. I mean, to me, it's like one of the most fucked up things in the world is like when you hand your child over to someone like whether it's a camp or a school like a teacher mm-hmm. and something terrible happens like to to me that's just like so I can't even imagine being a parent and having have, had that happen um this is so sad that's so sad actually that's something that we talked about in the last redheads episode because it's um 
an instance of sexual abuse at a boarding school. And it's like, not only are these institutions in place to like protect children, yes. but when something does go completely and utterly wrong when the institution itself completely fails the children again by letting it go, you know, unpunished or, you know, letting Um, it happen again and again. USA Gymnastics, hello. Right. It's like... It's like when these institutions are not only created to protect children, not only when they do the opposite and then they literally get no justice, like, it's so fucked up. Like, those are the stories that, like, make my blood boil. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. And not to mention that this quote-unquote school was probably, like, $100,000 a year. Right. So that's what you're paying for. Right. That's terrible. Oh, my God. And how interesting. I wonder if she still keeps... Are any of the classmates, like, famous or... Uh, it doesn't say, but we'll fi- we'll hear from them in the documentary. That's so interesting. I mean, I never went to, like, a boarding school or, like, a military school, but I've always been fascinated. Maybe it's, like, the Zoe 101 in me. I'm just like... Yeah, I think there's a... I think there's a difference between boarding school... This is a behavioral school. They even call... They they literally call the student a patient. That's by the way, that's crazy. This is probably more similar to a military-type school. Yeah, Um, but even military schools, like, regular-ass military schools, aren't like this. Like, they're like the military. Yeah, they're strict. Yes. But this is abusive. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, really crazy, really sad, but I look forward to hearing more of her story in the documentary and always getting, like, a more well-rounded picture of a person who I admire. Right, and, you know, she's had such an interesting life. And the more we learn about her through, like, these types of documentaries, it actually makes sense, like, how and why she ended up here and, like, why she was a party girl. Like, she was rebelling, you know, and she was out every night when she was 21, which we consider, like, the golden age of, like, paparazzi pictures, like, her and Britney Spears in the car, you know. But it's, like, it was very much a reaction to things that had happened in her life. I don't know. I just, like, I just am obsessed with her. Yeah. No. Obsessed with her as well. And I think a YouTube documentary is really the perfect format to hear her story she's had such a long career even just reading that the simple life was in 2003 like we're almost 20 years out wow 2003 i mean it's not shocking if you ever if you've recently watched it it looks like it's from the 70s it's so blurry i know but the like jokes and the one-liners i mean the like the walmart we literally stuff. just posted something from simple life no that their content will never not be evergreen like it's relatable no matter what time we're living in but it is really crazy if you think about how long she's been around and at the top of her game. Like, I would still consider her one of the biggest celebrities in the world, and I thought that even when she was 17. Yeah, for sure. So I hope Kim makes a an appearance in the documentary. Oh, that I mean, their friendship is also another reason why she's so interesting. It's like, when you think about all the important pop culture moments, like in the last 20 years, Paris Hilton has really been a part of them. And you can't say that without the Kardashians. No, you can't. She also said in a recent interview, Paris said that she decided to freeze her end, um, her eggs oh. because Kim inspired her to. No way! Yeah, she said she introduced me to her doctorate and I was so inspired by her to actually do it. I think every woman should do it because you can really control it and mm-hmm. not have that, oh my God, I need to get married. See, I love their friendship love it like those loves it loves it that it's just you know what it is it's hot it's so hot so hot so hot i just i will i love reporting on stories on her um just because she's a fabulous interesting gal and a good time yeah totally agree well we'll keep you posted when we watch the documentary it will be very interesting except youtube documentaries sometimes they release them episodically is it a series like the depth it, okay, there's a chance it's like a two-hour documentary and it's just like a one-time thing. That's what the Demi Lovato one was. And oh that God. one was really good. You guys, Theo. Sorry, Theo's like scratching the bed. He Theo, what are you doing? Oh my God. He's, he's being a mess. Theo, oh my God. You're fucking working. He's being crazy. Hi, Sit. Theo. Is everything okay? He's, you know, honestly, I feel like he's feeling neglected. Okay, he's calmed down. Okay. So yes, Demi Lovato's was a two-hour or, documentary, but Justin Bieber's was like a TV show and they released episodes like every week. 
or Theo's trying to say like he loves Paris because she's so she's such an animal rights activist. Yeah, and he's actually seen her dog's um, playhouse on Instagram, and he's jealous. And he's like, "Mom, why won't you build me that?" And I'm why like, won't you build him that? I'm like, "Theo, let me podcast so I can make some money to fucking buy you a house." Right. So stop running amok, little man. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if it's a series or a show, uh, movie, but I will 100% be watching this. Definitely same. It's nice to have something to watch these days. Actually, I'm gonna start Yellowstone. Oh my god, yay! Yeah, because you've been bothering me about it, and then Kelly Clarkson was on Twitter talking about how she loves it, so like... She would love it. It's so fucking good. I hope I've inspired some others to watch Yellowstone. I'm a little behind. I'm actually in the, um, shit, what's the name of the group? There's obviously a group for Ranch Toasters. Um, Oh, Ranch Toasters. And I'm in it, and I've been, like, trying not to look at it because there's, like, spoilers. I'm a few episodes behind because I haven't been watching here, but I look forward to catching up. Um, Also, things we're catching up on, I just wanted to mention that I started the, um... Finding Freedom, Harry and Meghan's. So when we went to Walmart, if you watched our Patreon, I bought that book. I've been spoiler lo- alert. Spoiler alert. I've been looking for like a celebrity book to, to read, but there aren't a bunch on the market right now. So it's either that or Demi Moore's book. And I went with Finding Freedom. I just wanted to know like... I actually think that you made the wrong choice. Well, no, I disagree because I now want to talk about it and... I have something to say on the podcast, so for that, it's worth it. But let me just, let me, because you want to know why? We spoke about it, and we were like, is this propaganda, or is this, like, a true story? And they say in the book, the Crown is not allowed to give official, like, seal of approval to biographies or books written about them, but just know that, like, we are very, they basically said Megan gave us the approval, even though she really can't. And they're doing- But she probably did. Like, Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, yeah. they're not okay, lying. Okay. But in the, in the hardest way ever, they are trying to make this entire story, um, seems so happenstance it's like and Megan just happened to be here and she happened to fall into Harry's lap like it's but what they're not realizing is they're actually making it they're giving gravitas to the people who think that like Meghan Markle's so calculated and like she fought her way to get to Harry and it was all a plan and she wanted to destroy the crown like they're they're not realizing that they're actually making her out to be like quite calculated like she just when when she took this trip to London that's where I'm at when they met it's like she did everything in her power to meet powerful people. And it's like, and then she had lunch with this person. And that's when she had lunch with Pierce Morgan and lunch with this. And then dinner. And they were describing these people. Royal started Soho house, like all these like fancy famous people. And then she got the date with Harry. And it was just like, it's not happenstance, but they're trying to make it seem like it's this whimsical journey. Right. But it's not. And part of the book that really bothers me is they, they just act like everything she does is like, heaven like okay ready <laughs> so um they're trying to show how she's always been philanthropic and like philanthropy has always been like a really core part of her Being. childhood and they just go on and on about how when she was in a sorority you know she did a dance and she was always you know using her sorority for charity and i'm like literally every girl no. in the world has done a dance that's for- what a sorority is it has to be philanthropic they all have a philanthropic arm no so they were just making it seem that's like so crazy yeah that's like when you've had your resume in your life yes Oh my God, that's crazy. So they were just like stretching so hard. I don't know. I mean, I'm only like 30 pages into the book. I do like it just because, see, I I don't really know Megan. And there's like this divide. People are like, is she calculated? Or did all this happen to a nice girl? And like, is it all whimsical fairy tale? And while the book is kind of making me feel like it's somewhere in the middle, I do feel like she she has that Markle sparkle. Mm -hmm. Because even when they talk about her career, like she was not, even at the height of her career before Harry, like suits, like, Okay, she had a, a supporting role on a 
cable show, not even like a good cable network USA. But she just like kept getting places and meeting these people and because people were like taken by her, you know, yeah. she had that sparkle. Yeah. And that's what's interesting. It's like, she, was she the most talented actress in the world? No. But she was really one of the most beautiful and she just had this like charisma about her that all these like famous people like wanted to be her friend even before, she, like even when she became friends with Serena Williams, they just like met at a Super Bowl party. Like she had something and that's interesting. That je ne sais quoi. The, yeah, and that can't be replicated. No, that is so important. Actually, it reminds me of this month's Redheads book <laughs> because the main character, um, Kate and Brightside, she has that it factor. Je ne sais quoi. Like, you feel you're a better smarter more interesting happier funnier mm-hmm. person around her right and that's what i'm getting from the book is that she had that markle sparkle in her eye yeah okay it's officially the markle sparkle yeah but it's i but i do think it's a little bit of both i think the way people feel about Meghan markle on both sides like there's truths in all of it i see it and i think it's also interesting knowing that she gave the green light for this book and that she probably told them everything that's written in it oh i mean and, they and have therefore you have to take it with a grain of salt but it is interesting to hear how she wants to be persuaded. Yes, exactly. And wait, by the way, um, giving her seal of approval, like, they're, they say, like, Megan can't officially give her seal of approval, but they literally have direct quotes from her and Harry sitting in their bedroom five years ago. You know what I mean? Like, what, how did you know that? Oh my god, that's crazy. Oh, one friend recounted about something that literally happened ten years ago. Like, who the fuck knows that? It's just very specific. The book is really, like, a compilation of quotes. Oh my god, that is so crazy. Quotes. Yeah, and they love to do okay, yoga honestly, in the morning. I think I'm gonna read it after you. Yeah, no, it's, it's cute. If I'm, you finish it by next week's episode, oh. or the week after, Maybe. Okay, an, an episode while we're here. Yeah, Then yeah, I'll yeah. read it right after you and we can recap it together. Yeah, it's just, um, even if it's, like, full of lies, it's like a beautiful fairy tale. No, sometimes it's interesting, like, what lies people want to be told. And I think what's interesting is just, like, all the, the famous, influential people who got her to Harry. Yeah. Like, who are these people? Also, it's, like, if you look at the book through another lens, it really is, like, a, a chick-lit, like, fan, like... Exciting it's a romance fantasy. book yeah. about a girl. We just we read a book like that for the redheads. It's fiction. <laughs> yeah. It's good. I like it. That's so funny. Okay, cool. Next story, big story of the week. Lori oh, yes. Lachlan and her husband Massimo Giannulli get prison time in the college admissions scandal. Actress Lori Lachlan will serve two months in prison, and her husband, fashion designer Massimo Giannulli, will serve five months after the couple pleaded guilty to conspiracy charges in the college admission scandal. A federal judge on Friday accepted plea deals from the famous couple in a video sentencing hearing. After initially vowing to fight the charges, Lachlan and Giannulli reversed course after a judge denied their motion to dismiss the case in May. Prosecutors said the couple paid $500,000 to secure their daughter's admission to USC by masquerading them as fake athletic recruits. I mean, I can't believe, like, this saga has ended, you know? Like, mm-hmm. for the most part. Like, she still has to serve her sentence. But the trial is over, technically, for her and for Felicity. Um, I feel like this is a light sentence. I feel like the prison that Felicity Huffman went to and the type of facility that Lori Lachlan is going to go to are not, like, maximum security federal prisons. Like, she'll be fine. Um, I just think it's crazy that, like, one, they actually got sentenced. And, like, two, like, she's actually going to jail. Like, when Felicity Huffman went to jail, I was like, this is so crazy. And Lori Lachlan pled not guilty and they did all these things to delay it and I really thought that all that legal you know maneuvering was actually going to get her no prison time yeah on the one hand it does seem like a short sentence but on the other hand at one point I actually thought she might evade prison completely because they were pleading not guilty I thought that they might find a loophole also with coronavirus like people who are in prison are getting out so I thought that maybe they would get off sort of scot-free but to hear that they're doing time and it's five months for Massimo two months for her 
I wonder if this, it's going to be like Teresa and Joe, like they serve at the same time because, but they don't have kids who are like under 18. So I think they can actually serve at the same time. Yeah. I think it's probably better to serve at the same time. Well, yeah, it gets over like Teresa and Joe's thing lasted four years because they did back to back because their kids are so young. Yeah. But then it's also good for them that they didn't have to go at the same time because then their kids would have had no one at home for yeah. the two years. But so, it does drag it on. Yeah. Uh, each scenario is different. We'll keep you guys posted on yeah. when they are called. They also had like a $150,000 fine, which is like nothing for them. Um, she'll be fine. Yeah. And I'm sure some part of them is is happy to put this chapter behind them. Then they'll serve their time. And, and this is just getting everyone closer to closing the book on yeah. this really crazy big story cultural moment mm-hmm. i whenever i hear updates in this i always think like how much closer are we to olivia jade bringing back her youtube channel you know and i oh, think this brings us closer she's back no she like brought it back and did a video and then was never she did seen a few again. videos she did something i bought a bronzer from she did a bunch of videos she did like two she was on tiktok with her man yes but she hasn't been like consistently influencing since all this went down yeah i'm sure it she wanted to eight, wait. It's been eight months. I actually think that now that the legal portion is over, she will come back in a more permanent way. Because I'm sure it was annoying for her and annoying for her fans for her to not talk about the thing that's going on in her life. Of course. And she did mention in one video how she, like, can't talk about it. But she did come back eight months ago, dropped two videos, and was never to be seen from again. Interesting. Okay. I do... You're right. Maybe she, there will be some word from her now maybe i don't know i feel like in so many it's so crazy because it's like it really has nothing to do with her because it's about her mom but it was like her going to college you know yeah so it is about her i wonder if she like had to go to court or anything i don't think so i don't think so because everything in that case was really public so we would have seen her go to court i mean to me like the the most confusing and unanswered part of this whole college admission scandal is what happened to william h macy Mm. felicity huffman's husband didn't get charged, didn't go to jail. She took it all. He probably wasn't on the emails. Maybe. that's that. I mean, like, that's just a crazy coincidence. Yeah, like, maybe he used her computer. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was just kind of left out of the whole thing. There are those paparazzi pictures of him, like, meeting her at court once, and he looked, like, so verklempt. But other than that, he's been excluded from the narrative. Yeah. Interesting. I'm sure he's glad for it. Totally. Okay, next up. Jerry Seinfeld has written in... Uh, op-ed in the New York Times saying, so you think New York is dead? Parentheses, it's not. Jerry is responding to a LinkedIn article. Post? Post article. Who knew things could go viral on LinkedIn? Yeah, from a man named James Altschuler. It's called New York City is Dead Forever, Here's Why. So I first read Jerry Seinfeld's article, um, really short, really not thought out at all, just like his opinion that New York City will always be New York City because the argument that things are going to become remote, you're going to be working virtually, doesn't work. Look at Silicon Valley. They could do things virtually. but That they was choose, the worst analogy. Because, but they choose to all be together because you can't, you know, let me get You his, can't mimic that type of, you know, interpersonal you communication hear, remotely. You hear a quote from Jerry. You know why you can't do all that? You know, you know why he's saying, you know, you know why there's no energy, says Jerry, quote, energy, attitude and personality cannot be remoted through even the best fiber optic lines. That's the whole reason many of us moved to New York in the first place. You ever wonder why Silicon Valley even exists? I have always wondered why do these people all live and work in that location? They have all this insane technology. Why don't they all just spread out wherever they want to be and connect with their devices? Because it doesn't work. That's why. Oh my, what a bad analogy. Like, I really don't want to rip into Jerry Seinfeld because he's a nice guy who means well. But like, first of all, Jerry, this article, your privilege is showing. Like, (laughs) I can't. Like, to, first of all, to 
compare what his experience living in New York the last eight months is like to compare it to anyone else's is just so outrageous. We all know celebrities live in this bubble, but Jerry is a part of a very elite group of celebrities who are mega rich. Like just because you're a celebrity, you have a couple million dollars. Like that doesn't make mean you're like rich, rich, rich. He is or one rich of, forever. Yeah. He is one of those celebrities. His show Seinfeld, like he made $500 million. He will never have to work again. He makes $60 million for a Netflix special. That's an hour. Like he is on another planet of wealth. So to even compare or even try and relate to what people in New York have been going through who like live in rentals and don't have $500 million in the bank is borderline insulting. You know, and him making fun of people who have gone to Florida or mm-hmm. Tennessee or anywhere else in the country you know saying their pastel filled lives like what he doesn't realize is what you pay for in New York City is the experience of the city there's Mm -hmm. absolutely none of that when you're a person living in a one-bedroom apartment with your family and Mm -hmm. you're paying this premium to live in a city that no longer exists in the way it once did you would be a fool not to leave no and to dismiss people who have left as like not real New Yorkers and people who like gave up on New York it's like no actually Jerry these people have kids and lives and bills to pay and it's not feasible to live in New York and it's not enjoyable anymore I don't know if Jerry you've stepped out of your 50 million dollar apartment to see what's going on in the the Hamptons this entire time of course oh my god like of course but like to this whole article lacked a real understanding and just kind of dismissed what people are going through in New York and it's like it's impossible financially to to live in New York the taxes are going to go up the city is just insane it is so filthy there's public urination everywhere there's so much crime you can't leave your house after dark like we're not being dramatic this is the reality of what's going on in New York right now as a result of all the shit that's gone on in the world. And it's nobody's fault, but don't deny it and say it's not happening. Right, and to act like we should stay here because there's this energy that can't be replicated. No, second-tier cities or tier two cities, whatever, they're going to replicate this sort of energy. A place where you can live and and have a yard and and be able to go outside and be private. You can't go outside in New York City. The mayor just said that he's not going to open up indoor dining until 2021. That means once it gets cold outside, there will be no restaurants. Like, there is absolutely... And he makes it jerry is saying that this writer is just upset he can't go to the theater this writer owns a stand-up comedy club where he can't make a living make a living and he even said that he tried to he did a social distanced um comedy Event. night and they got shut down so what oh. is a person like this supposed to do and jerry seinfeld i'm sure now it's like yeah you your comedy special is virtual i'm sure you do zoom fundraisers oh, right. like i'm sure you're living large but if you're a comedian who hasn't made it yet and you rely on, you know, open mic nights and doing stand-up comedy and there's absolutely been none of that for the last six months, how are you making any money? You have to move. like, and You so, have to move. So this article basically was so short and weird and it just really dismissed the concerns of a lot of working people who are struggling right now and just hearing it come out of Jerry Seinfeld's mouth I think was meant to be inspirational but just came off so elitist and like, Jerry, you have no idea what's going right. on in the world. And when I first saw the headline for the article, I was kind of relieved. I'm, I was like, oh wait, New York City's not dead? Okay, cool. Let me Show let me. me hear why. That's exciting because it's really fucking sad to know that you live in a place that's not going to come back for, for at years. Le- for at, being generous for at least five years, yeah. and that's me being um like Conservative. kind, yeah. kind. So I read his articles, probably 15, 20 sentences of pretty much nothing, no facts. I clicked on the article of the one of the guy he's rebutting, the guy he called a putz. The article is so in-depth using stats. Did you know that according to Yelp, 60% of restaurants in the United States have closed? 
Wow, that's terrible. Jerry, what, what do you have to say about that? What do you say to restaurateurs and people who are working in the service industry yeah. who have lost their jobs? You know, Jerry's article was not rooted in fact. It was rooted in feeling. It was like, his emotion. I don't care how much you love New York. It fucking sucks. Yeah, no, and that's not a political statement. It's just the truth. And you know what? When I first read Jerry's article, I was like, okay, I disagree that New York sucks right now. But I agree with you that it can come back. Because mm-hmm. I, I, we've been saying, like, New York is dead, but it's not going to be dead forever. New York always bounces back. Mm-hmm. But when I clicked through to the other article this guy had written, he completely convinced me it's not coming back. Every, he, write in, he wrote in his LinkedIn piece, he said, now it's completely dead. Quote, but NYC always, always bounces back. No, not this time. But NYC is the center of the financial universe. Opportunities will flourish here again. Not this time. NYC has experienced worse. No, it hasn't. So he talks about how all of these things, New York City has experienced worse when crime was really bad or when there was a war, war going mm-hmm. on. But at that time, there were still business and opportunity yeah. and things happening in the city, culture. Mm-hmm. And now there's none of that. Yeah. Wall Street doesn't need to be on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. The culture, the food that people would have moved to the city for, there's no restaurants open. No. The article, the original article says that three of the most important reasons people move to New York City are business opportunities, which now are completely virtual, remote, mm-hmm. can be done from anywhere. Culture, which no longer exists. There is no theater. Mm-hmm. They don't have plans to bring back Broadway until 2021, and even when they do, it's going to operate at less than 50% capacity. What theater can make money and stay in business under those terms? In New York, which is such an expensive place to own a business. Right. How are you going to pay your performers when you're you haven't had shows in, by then it will be, what, 10 months? Yeah. And you're operating, let's say, 50%. They... It's, it's such a tough industry to begin with. Yeah, no, no. And also, the third thing that people move to New York City for is the food, which, without restaurants... Right, it's just roach-infested kitchens. Mm-hmm. Um, the, just, I don't know what... I, I think Jerry was trying to be, like, hopeful and aspirational, and he just came off, like, completely... Tone deaf. Un- tone deaf and unrelatable, and, like, just the, the dismissive nature of, of his words towards people who are just doing the, what they think is best for their families and, and for their financial freedom, and, and in order to survive, it just felt so... Um, Tone deaf. That's the perfect word for it. And the article, to me, it felt really cruel. Like, first of all, this guy who wrote it, I've never heard of him. He's a former hedge fund manager. Jerry opens his piece by calling him some putz who, uh, he said, some putz putz on LinkedIn wailing and whimpering. Everyone's gone. I want 2019 back. I can't. And then there's, like, the New York Post writes an article saying, Jerry Seinfeld rips writer behind viral New York City is dead forever essay. I'm sorry, he didn't rip a thing. If anything, he made this writer's article more compelling yeah to be honest i'm curious what actual new yorkers think because i saw the the media pick up jerry saying like jerry annihilates poor linkedin man and honestly i read both articles and i thought the exact opposite like i thought his was well thought out and jerry's was just like a bunch of notes in his phone um i'd be curious to hear what actual new yorkers think like speaking of what do real new yorkers think we are Real New Yorkers. Yes. Claudia and I were just talking about this. Not only have we been in the city the entire time, this was our first time leaving, but as much as we're self-hating New Yorkers, we've lived in the city for 10 years. We grew up on Long Island. I went to college upstate. I have touched every corner of this great state. We all went to college in New York. and We are true New Yorkers. We are true New Yorkers. I've been in every corner of this great state enough to tell you that state ain't great no mo. No, and that and, earns and you the right to, 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 to criticize it. And certainly, this city ain't great. Actually, the rest of the state it seems to be doing all right. Yeah, because we haven't been there. But I just think, like, the whole article really 
wrapped up what we started talking about at the beginning of quarantine where it's like celebrity voices right now are just so unnecessary and they're really highlighting like how celebrities live in a different world and Jerry's article did just that. A hundred percent. I completely forgot about that part of quarantine where celebrities just became like irrelevant human beings roaming the earth Mm -hmm. who were accustomed to living on a different planet and now we're like down here with the rest of us and we don't want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. But that's exactly how I feel right now. I don't feel comfort, solace, relatability from any celebrity right now especially not though not someone who has a three-foot parking garage on the upper west side and is telling me that new york is a great place to be and who has most likely been in the hamptons the entire entire time or some country house that he owns i just it really put a bad taste in my mouth for seinfeld sorry jerry it put a really bad taste in my mouth too and like i was looking on twitter to see what other people were saying and obviously like the first tweets that come up are like from verified people who are trying to find like profound quotes you know like when they tweet the text of the tweet is like a quote from the article that's meant to be profound but it's nonsense and then the article like jerry hit the nail on the head well that's the other thing it's like i'm no english major but i know that this is not well written and it was so short no it was so short and it's like if you want to come for this guy who wrote a really fucking it was really long it took me a long time to read it we were like waiting to go on a walk i was like wait i gotta finish yeah what's his name james i gotta finish james's article yeah if you want to come for an article like this, go point for point. Yeah. Point for point. You know, he was just fighting facts with, like, the way that he feels. Tell me how, if even though only 40% of restaurants in the U.S. are under operation and New York City is a cultural center for food, tell me how that that is not impacted. No, and how, how the city is still great. And how business owners, restaurant owners are supposed to stay here. Yeah, what are we supposed to do? No, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. So Sorry, Jerry, this is not it. Sorry if you read Jerry's op-ed and you felt uh, moved by it in any way. It's um, not rooted in fact. It's lovely, this idea. Oh, we'll come back. Sure, sure, sure. But look, can we be real for a minute? Because that's not how it seems. No, that's not how it seems. And there's not one plan, not one even idea of a plan in place to help New York come back just to continue this tumble into despair. So it's actually only going to get worse, mm-hmm. Gerald. And um, I hope you enjoy the Hamptons while it does. Yes, do let me know how the weather is out there. <laughs> Let's move on. Is that our final story? That is our final story. To our Dear Toaster segment, which is a favorite day of mine. And it's brought to you by Health Code. You want to eat healthy, but you probably don't have the time, budget, or know-how, right? You'll love what we just discovered. An easy, delicious, perfectly nutritious meal replacement shake from health code health code wasn't created by some celebrity it was formulated yes it wasn't created by jerry seinfeld it was formulated by scientists who specialize in metabolism and nutrition if you want to lose fat but keep lean muscle mass that's why they've included 27 grams of the best quality protein including collagen for healthy hair skin and nails which is just a fabulous added benefit because who doesn't want that if you need a healthy gut health code complete meal has probiotics digestive enzymes prebiotic fiber and apple cider vinegar It also has 25 vitamins and minerals, plus healthy fats for a healthy brain and metabolism. We have a special offer if you want to get healthy at gethealth.com. That's G-E-T-H-L-T-H. G-E-T-H-L-T-H. Gethealth.com. Use the discount code TOAST for an extra 10% off your first order. They also have a love it or money back guarantee. The offer is only available for a limited time, so make sure you go to gethealth, G-E-T-H-L-T-H.com, and use the discount code TOAST. All right. Dear Toasters, again, our advice segment, if you ever want to write in, the email is deartoasters at gmail.com. Jack, oh, she spelled your name J-A-Q. 
Jacques, are you Luann's fiance? Jacques, Jacques and Claude, I hope you are enjoying your well-deserved time off. I have a quick and we are, thank you. Yeah, we really are. Thanks. (laughs) I have a quick and dirty, dear toasters. Today, I had a Zoom meeting with my coworker, who I have a great relationship with. We always talk about non-work when we do connect, and we are really close. She's a fellow female leader at a huge software company I work for. Anyway, I had my iMessages pulled up on my computer and was clicked on the messages with my husband. I had just sent a boob picture to him. He was gone for a couple days. Honestly, not super slutty, just laying on the couch when it was fucking hot without a shirt on and my boobs are nothing to write home about anyway you know where this goes i shared my screen on the zoom and did not click out of iMessage so she maybe saw the pic for 10 seconds i'm shook we both didn't mention it and just moved on but oh my god i have the worst pit do i text her and apologize Ugh, please help thank you an embarrassed toaster oh my god see this is why i don't have a job and this is why i don't take titty pics this is why i don't put iMessage on my computer oh. this is why because you know what i'm sure it's really fucking convenient claudia does it our whole family I does love it. it you guys write in the chat sending links furiously when i need to send a link i need to send it from my computer to my email and add it to my iMessage on my phone and yes it's annoying and i would love to have iMessage on my computer You're missing out. but this is the thank you for reminding me if I almost slipped up and added it, thank you for reminding me why I don't. You're missing out. It's such a fabulous feature. It, okay, so the price to pay is your coworkers seeing your jugs. Yeah, I mean, screen sharing is a huge responsibility, and I never do it. Right, and if I were the once in my lifetime that I will share my screen, like, every app will be cleared, force quitted, yeah. and there will only be the one up on the page. And maybe you sh- share your screen too often, so, like, you forgot what a big burden it is. It's such a burden. But... And I'm not, I'm not saying, like, you should have done this or you should have done that. You know what? I'm sure, like, people share their screens all the time. And people have iMessage on their computers all the time. And people send their tits all the time. And it's not all the time that this happens. And I'm honestly really sorry that it did. Yeah. I think you gotta pretend like it didn't. Yeah, no. I think in terms of this actual situation, it's terrible that it happened. But you've moved on. No one ignored it. Just keep, just keep ignoring it. Like, Yeah, and, like, obviously, she definitely saw it. She's writing into her podcast that she likes saying, I saw, I saw my, my coworkers. coworkers' tits. What do I do? Do I say something? I'm I wonder what podcast her coworker listens to. Yeah, hopefully they advise her not to say anything. We'll advise you not to say anything, and then it's just like a funny story you can each tell at dinner parties. Yeah, I think it's it's not. I mean, she might report you to HR, but then she would be a narc, and it seems like you guys are friends. So I think you're good. Yeah, and also like she could report you to HR, but it's not obviously not like you did it on purpose. You guys are friends. I think she would know that. And then like if she reports you to HR for that, then it's like she's being cruel to you. Yeah. Because obviously that was something personal for you to have to deal with as well. Would you, in in this situation, would you rather be the girl who saw the boobs or the girl whose boobs got seen? I mean, the girl who saw the boobs, yeah, obviously. But it also, like, just depends on the boobs. Yeah, like, I, I actually, like, don't like my boobs, so I definitely want to be the <laughs> other girl. Yeah, of course. Okay, next up. Hey, Jackie and Claude. How you doing? How you doing? I hope you're enjoying every second of your much-needed and deserved break. But Thank I'm thankful- you so much. We're having such a great time. <laughs> but I'm thankful that you chose Wednesdays as your day to air, as I have quite the predicament. Ooh. I'm not sure exactly how, how you'll be able to help me give advice, but hopefully this is for sure. Sorry, I read, read the sentence. So weird. Okay. I'm not sure how exactly you'll be able to give me advice, but hope this is for sure a sign I need to express my feelings as I'm kind of in love with my best friend. I'm gay, and he's, insert air quotes, straight. He has a girlfriend, but they're more like roommates with completely opposite schedules. Him and I only hang out when his girlfriend isn't around because he claims she doesn't like me, and all we do when we're together is bitch about her. Every time he and I hang out, he always makes elaborate dinners and serves me the best drinks. I feel like I'm on a date every time, and there's always an awkward tension in the air. There's been many times when he's asked me questions about my sexuality, which I'm totally open and cool with, but one time in one of these conversations, he told me he sometimes 
feels like me and conveniently backtracked when I tried to dig for more information. I can't tell if he's crushing on me slash dealing with his own demons or is just genuinely being an amazing friend. Truth be told, I kind of have a crush on him and have for a while, so I wouldn't be too mad if his flirty behavior is just more than a friendly thing. I'm not sure what should happen next. Love you both so much. Thanks for always giving the most premium content and most steamy advice. Sincerely, a helpless toaster. this is rough most gay people would advise not getting into a relationship with someone who's like straight like still figuring it out even though they say it's a rite of passage like as a gay person but it can be very tumultuous because that person's going through a lot and then you're getting brought into that and like you've already been on your journey like you're so happy in your sexuality you almost might be taking a step back but if you like him you have to figure out if it's more of a crush or like you're really in love with him yeah i think that that is really good advice and also figure out if knowing if you guys make become more than a friendship if that would ruin your friendship is if that's worth ruining your friendship yeah i feel like i don't know you didn't describe your feelings that much so i need to really know more about that because that's where i think the answer lies it just feels like maybe you're like smitten not like you're head over heels like it's all fun when, you know, he has a girlfriend and he's making you dinners, but then it's like you move in together and you're paying your bills. Like, is that the person you want to be with? Right, right. I think it's the most boring and, like, answer, and it's the one that's the least exciting, but it's just patience. And if this guy is feeling this way, he needs to figure it out for himself, and it's going to take time, and he needs to come to these realizations. So I think just being there for him as a friend, an ear for him, and also to give advice on your own experience, mm-hmm. like, would be really helpful for him. And Talk just, about it more. Yeah, you need to let him figure it out for himself. Right, you can't pull someone out of the closet. So, especially since he's in a relationship. So first it means ending his relationship. Then, it, you know, it's a whole Then it's process, coming to terms. And you need to be patient for him, but also I would say while you're doing that, focus on some things for yourself get out there maybe you know by the time he's ready for you you'll be ready for him again yeah I think most seasoned gay men and women would tell you to run because it's so tumultuous and it's such a long and you're you're so far in your journey that I don't know I'm inclined to just ignore it but if you can't ignore the feelings that's on you you need to dive more into your feelings what are they identify them is it a crush you love him you want to be married or you just like think he's cute yeah there's a difference. There's a difference. All right, third and final, dear toasters. Hello, Jackie and Claudia. Hi. I hope all the campers and counselors are having a wonderful time on your vacation. It looks amazing. We're having the best time. Thank you so much. The campers are thrilled to be here. The counselors are tolerating them. It's wonderful. Here's some background about my dilemma. I'm a toaster in my early 20s, engaged, and recently bought a house with my fiance. I keep a super clean home, and I just love the feeling of an organized space, especially when I basically don't get to leave my house. Her fiance's mom comes to visit us a lot like a couple times a month for a weekend. And generally, it's great. We're both close with our families, and I'm always happy to have her. Recently, when she's here, the dishwasher finished while I was in the shower, so she started unloading it. Very nice of her to do. Later, I noticed she rearranged a couple cabinets. I didn't think a lot of it, but it was definitely a little weird. Then the next time she came to visit, I went went out to run an errand, and she mentioned that she saw clothes in the dryer, so she put them away. Again, very nice of her to do, but then I saw she rearranged my closet. She put stuff I use all the time away in bins and undid my color coordinating. When I asked why, she said, oh, oh, when I asked why, she said, oh, I thought I'd help you tidy up. I'm a super clean and organized person when it comes to my closet. I've spent a long time getting it just right. 
me, this really feels like stepping over a boundary and kind of like saying that she doesn't think my house is organized or that there's something wrong with it. Now, I know that the right thing to do is express this to my husband and have him talk to her, but she takes these things really badly. Like if someone is quiet around her or asks her not to do something, she will literally say for weeks that they hate her and she's like super sad. <laughs> she's really sweet and she and my fiance are really close, so I don't want to cause a big issue, but this made me really uncomfortable and annoyed. What do I do? She's coming back this weekend and I'm seriously about to put a lock on my closet because I can't and I shan't. I just have to say, you are so lovely for being so like nice about your mother-in-law staying in your house like for multiple weekends a month that's a whole month there's only four and in the beginning i was like i'm so lazy if someone wants to you know do my dishes and rearrange my cabinets like i'm so here for it but going through your closet and it's already color coordinated that is like beyond fucking strange no it's a very like type a controlling mother-in-law thing to do like yeah like you know when a dog pees he marks his territory like that's what she's doing so i just think you need to get a padlock and put it on the door i think you need to make it impossible for her to help around the house like Stop leaving shit in the dryer. Stop leaving shit in the dishwasher. No, like, like, when she's around, everything has to be done. Yeah. Take but, that away from but her. But that's the stuff that, like, she, this girl doesn't mind her helping with, you know? No, but it leads to her reorganizing yeah. stuff. That is so rude. I would literally never do that. Yeah, I would. Or maybe you could say something. Like, if you don't mind that she helps with the dishes and the laundry, which sounds fabulous. Yeah, it does. Um, I would just be like, listen, Barb. I love what you've done with the place. Sickening. <laughs> Sickening the Barb, Barb down. down. But... Just please don't go in my closet because I have a weird way of organizing things and I have my outfits next to each other. And, like, um, I just – it makes sense to me. And if you don't mind, just, like, not going in there. Thanks. No, I – this is a job for the husband. Like No, but the husband's not going to do it. And, like, then his mom's going to be crying. But I for can't. me, like, the best method of communication when it comes to, like, families and marriages is whosoever parent it is has to do the communicating. But the thing is, it's, like, I agree it should be their problem. But then you just – I don't know. You put them in the middle. They're arguing with you about the other person, with the other person about you, and they're constantly... What is this girl supposed to do? Put a padlock on every cabinet and closet in her house? She can do the cabinets, just not the (laughs) closet. No, but see, that's, like, to go into your house and, like, literally open a cabinet where the cups are and, like, there's bowls there, like, that would drive me nuts. Okay, but, like, does it look better? Doesn't matter. It's not her house. It's not her choice. Okay, so then cabinets are off limits, too. Yeah, no, she needs a literally padlock for all of them. Yeah, I think you could try the husband route. I don't think you'll get... It's going to be effective and it's just going to like cause a rift between you and your husband and your husband and his mom. And so think you you just need to put on your big girl panties and be like, no, I disagree because think about the the, think about it from Barb's perspective. She comes over, she cooks, she cleans and the the ingrate is complaining (laughs) like that's how she would see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So the, to her, she thinks she's doing a nice thing. And to normal people, it's like, get out of my shit. So you can't make her feel like what she's doing is inadequate when at the end of the day, like, she thinks she's helping. Yeah, so... I don't, I don't know where I landed. I don't know. Either way, Barb's going to be upset that someone told her to stop doing it. And I think she'll be more upset if it comes from her kin. Oh, I totally disagree. I think she'll be like, oh, the bitch, it said it, you know? But, yeah. like... You know, she's probably like, oh, this, this is lazy actually, swab. Yeah, this anyway. is actually a really, like, I, I actually don't know the answer. I think that you pick your battles, the dishwasher, the dryer, let it go. For me, I would draw the line at the closet. Yes. And so if you can't get a padlock on there, um, I would just make up some bullshit excuse as to, like, your thing is organized by days of the week and you get it. And it, it makes your process for getting work for easier in the morning. Some shit like that. I'm standing with my first answer. Like, make it impossible for her to do chores. Like, when she comes, don't do and any you're laundry. you're yourself more work. You're punishing yourself. Yeah. But, but then you're avoiding an uncomfortable conversation. When she comes to the weekend, no laundry and no dishes. 
Hand wash everything, okay? Wash your undies with wool light in the sink and hand wash your dishes and let them dry on the counter. Put your put your undies in the dishwasher and your dishes <laughs> in the laundry. Yeah, I like that idea. I, I, like um, my, I think mine is best. Just make it impossible for her to help. Or just when she comes to visit, give her a shit, like a busy itinerary. No, or like when she comes to visit, make the house a shithole. Oh, so yeah. So she doesn't even have time to get to your closet. Yeah, or, you know, you could really use this to your benefit. Like, don't do dishes or laundry the whole week. Then she yeah. comes, and it's like, yeah, okay, your clothes are all over the place, but you didn't have to clean all week. You yeah. had a free cleaning lady. Yeah, I think there's something to that. There's something Put there. Put her to work on, like, all these menial things. Yeah, be, oh, no, like, yeah, give her projects. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, like, my Philofax needs organizing. My Rolodex is a Yes. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Good luck. I don't think we gave very good advice there. But um, let's dive into our... TV recap. Wait, before we do, though, we've been watching some movies here that I just wanted to touch on and share with the class because we've been really, like, careful about the movies we've selected for the family to watch together. And we've watched some really good ones, so I just want to share them. One was Bad Education. We watched that, like, a week ago. HBO Max? Hugh Jackman on HBO Max. It's about, like, a Ponzi scheme in a town near where we grew up. And it's fabulous. I liked it so much. Such an interesting, weird story. Allison Janney. Like, any movie she's in is just honestly perfection. And I just love a small town Ponzi scheme. I really do. I just love, honestly, any Ponzi scheme. This is like a Polka King. It's like a weird Ponzi scheme. Like, when you think Ponzi scheme, you think, like, Bernie Madoff. Business manager. Jimmy Cooper. Embezzlement. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't think high school. Nate Archibald's dad. But it's really good. That, That was Jackie's recommendation. It was... HBO Max? Yeah. Really good. I like that a lot. Really good. Then the other night we watched Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. And while... I'm not going to say all the way I recommend it to you guys because if you guys put it on, you'll be like, what the fuck is she making us watch? Yeah. I just want to say I loved it. It was really highly dramatized. The production value was sickening yeah. the train down. Like All the different locations they were in... Uh, Istanbul. They They're were in, in Jerusalem. Yeah. It was so stunning. It's set in the 1930s, and the sets were so beautiful. The costumes, the Cast. it was a little like um, kind of felt like Broadway, like yeah. Like overly dramatized. Overly dramatized, but I guess that's like the vibe of Agatha Christie. The cast was sickening the cast down. Everyone was more famous. I was like, who was that from? Where's she from? Lucy Boynton. Yes. Penelope Cruz. And I just want to say, I didn't know like who did the murder on the Me Orient either. Express. So like I was on the edge of my seat and I loved it. And I loved like the end, like the mystery yeah. and the reveal. And I love Detective Hercule. Hercule. Excuse me. Hercule. <laughs> Hercule. Perot. Hercule Perot. Hercule Perot. I liked it a lot too. Um, There's like no movie there hasn't been movies released for like the last eight months it's like the so itunes hard. homepage is still showing me king of staten island like i need new movies no i know but i really liked murder on the orient express it's the the newest one with johnny depp and so if you like like if you liked greatest showman yeah and you have patience for a little bad acting yeah a lot you'll like it and oh, you, josh gad was in it yeah also um Everyone, I don't know, just like people. Um, also, the other movie that we watched two nights ago, which really got me in my feelings, was Thank You, f- no, uh, Only the Brave. Only the Brave. Only the Brave. Which is the uh, Granite Mountain Firefighters Hot Shots. Hot Shot story, which is a story that I hadn't heard. And if you haven't heard it, don't look it up yet because I actually like being surprised by the ending. But first of all, I've always had, but have so much respect for firefighters. Like, Mm -hmm. it was just, like, a real tribute to the firefighting industry. Um, It was also star-studded. I was thinking, I'm like, because it's, like, this platoon of, like, 20 hot dudes. Oh, my God. If you weren't cast as one of these dudes, like, you are nobody. You are ugly. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, they had Taylor Kitsch, Miles Teller, Josh Brolin, like, every... They had the guy, and I think you saw him on the screen, and you're like, what is he from? Yes. Rock Hudson from Hollywood. 
Oh my god, yes! He is so good. Yeah, so it was just like hot dudes in a fire station. Jeff Bridges. Oh yeah, his character was a little annoying. Yeah, he. I thought he... Did a bad job. No, 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 I just thought there was going to be like more to him. But... Well, it's an incredible story, first of all. And the movie was, it was good. You know, I have some notes it was... cinematographically, but... Oh yeah, it was a tr- it's a true story and it's, it's a tough one to watch. Yeah. But I think ultimately it's like, I didn't know this story. It's a story that more people need to know and I think the best way to get these stories out there is through these high budget movies like yeah. this. So while at times it can, it was painful. I think ultimately it's a story that we should all know. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to give away too much. It was really good. Great. All right. Now let's dive into our TV recap segment, which of course is brought to you by stamps.com. As we slowly adjust to a new normal, we still need to be smart about how we do business. Luckily there's stamps.com to make things easier. Thousands of small business owners have discovered the benefits of stamps.com in recent months. They've been able to keep their businesses running and avoid the crowds at the post office all from their own computers. With stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid get going to the post office. You'll save money with discounted rates you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com also offers UPS services with discounts up to 62% and no residential surcharges. Stamps.com brings all the mailing and shipping services you need right to your computer in the comfort of your home or office. Whether you're a small business sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or just working from home and need to mail stuff, Stamps.com can handle it with ease. Simply use your computer to print any official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just leave it for your mail carrier, schedule a pickup, or drop it in the mailbox. It's that simple. If you hate leaving your house just like I do, Stamps.com is the perfect product for you. And like we said, with Stamps.com, you can get great discounts too. Five cents off every stamp and up to 62% off USPS and UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. Plus, our listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in toast. That's stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in toast. Let's dive into Real Housewives of New York. So much to discuss. Finished up in Mexico, flew to New York. This episode, I felt two strong ways. I was either feeling infuriated, just at like the lack of logic in mostly Dorinda's just like line of thinking. And then I was also feeling bored. There was so much like filler in this episode of things like I truly didn't care about. Like Ramona's yeah. therapy, Leah's conversation with her mom. Yes, I agree. But I actually took away some things from like the therapy session and Leah's conversation with her mom. Whereas like sometimes it's really true nonsense. And maybe because I like Leah and I'm interested by Ramona mm-hmm. that I found it to be interesting. But if it was like Dorinda's therapy session, oh God. I just actually Even though that would be yeah, interesting. That would be productive to the conversation. Also, Dorinda announced this morning that she is no longer a housewife. We will dive into her statement at the end of the recap of this episode because, you know, she's making it seem as though she made the decision to leave. And some of the other women are are supporting that for her. Daily Mail is claiming that she was fired. I personally believe she was fired because I don't think that she would leave on her own accord. Why would she? I mean, she doesn't take accountability, so she doesn't feel bad for anything that happened this season. She filmed the reunion already, and I feel like if she thought she was going to be leaving, she might not show up for the reunion because then she would have to be held accountable for everything and why not skip the reunion if you're not so, coming back not showing up for a reunion is a luxury that only very rich housewives can afford because you are breaching contract and you do have to pay bravo and as we say many times on this show the real housewives of new york are not nearly as affluent no. as and they, a lot of them rely on the show as their sole form yeah. of income no no i didn't so, realize there was a monetary you're breaching your contract yeah i just maloof did it she could afford it lisa vanderpump did it she could afford it not everyone can afford it yeah no okay so 
anyways, we'll get into the minutia of what might have happened there. But we finished up in Mexico. <sighs> we start out with this fight between Ramona and Dorinda. Dorinda. And um, one, I think Ramona needs to stop diagnosing everyone and like getting her physician's degree from WebMD. Yep. And then letting everyone know yep. what, what psychological problems that they have. Because like that is so annoying and just irresponsible and unnecessary. Oh, and as someone who watches the show, I don't think that Dorinda's problem is anger. I it's don't other know. things. I'm it's not, not sure. She doesn't, she doesn't blow up. She's actually so fucking dismissive and condescending. Someone with anger management would like literally get all riled up, scream, throw things. She doesn't do that. Anger is not her problem. But her anger maybe doesn't allow her to see or have a conversation. Like she just, I, I kind it's of. It's denial. It's like, I don't, I feel like I actually don't know her well enough to tell her what her problem is, but the women seem to agree that it's anger. So let's just say it's anger. I was dead that Luann thought. That Ramona sent the text by accident. Yeah. um, Because, like, she should have. But you know what? I kind of, like, it's so funny because Ramona really thought she was doing something helpful. And that's the difference between Ramona and Dorinda. Like, Dorinda does things to hurt. Yes. While Ramona is dead wrong, she actually thinks she's helping. No, and she does hurt people in her attempt to help. But that's not her intention. Right, because she's wrong and she did everything. She went about everything in the wrong way. But, like, in her heart, she thought it was the right way. She thought sending an article about Dorinda that Dorinda would read it. And recognize something. Oh, in herself. This is me. I right. have this. She genuinely thought that. No, no. And the text was obviously, first of all, there were so many things wrong with the text. Like one, an article. Like, what are you saying about the article? Can we get a follow-up message? Like, what was your point? But just re- remember that it's following up from that lunch. Yes, of course, where of course. Like, you were angry. You were angry. The second thing, um, why everyone else needed to be in the group chat made no sense to me. And I did side with remote. I mean, Dorinda's so wrong. Like, no, I don't know any logical person who could take Dorinda's side. Now I'm just like, investigating what I would have done and like pointing out what Ramona did wrong. Like I don't think sending the text message was ever going to work, but I did feel bad for that. It seems like everyone's really on her side and nobody backed her up. Uh huh. And it's like all the women went to defend Dorinda at the dinner because they thought it was going to be a pile on, but it ended up being the opposite. It probably made Dorinda feel even more steadfast in her beliefs that she is right. Right. And you know what? There's really, what I realized is like Ramona goes about everything in the wrong way and that's why Dorinda doesn't receive it. Fine. But Luann went about everything in the right way with yep, Dorinda. In my notes. Literally, Luann handles Dorinda perfectly. Oh, in my notes, Ramona is going about everything in the wrong way, but Luann is going about it in the yep. right way, and she's still completely shut down by yep. Dorinda. So don't even start to say, well, if Ramona did this or no. if Ramona said that. Luann is trying. Treating, literally treating Dorinda like a child. Like a child, doing everything with kid gloves on and saying the right things I and not going, you. not yeah, everything's prefaced with like, you know, a positive and just trying to get her feelings hurt. And, and Dorinda is completely unreceptive. Like she really does not know how to apologize yeah. or be compassionate. And so it's a Dorinda thing. And, and I'm glad that we have that comparison because it's easy to just be like, oh, well, it's Ramona. She went about it the wrong way. She, of course she went about yeah. it the wrong way. Sending a group chat with an article like that is insane. And I also think, as I love Leah, but she didn't need to be on the group text thread no. for a few reasons. One, she opted out of the conversation at lunch. She said she was not joining in. Mm-hmm. Therefore, she does not need to be in that conversation. And two, I feel like if Ramona sent it to the whole group, it's more mean girl yep. than just sending it to the people that she chose who were involved in the conversation. And Leah acting like Ramona leaving her out of the text message is this bigger moment of like her not acknowledging Leah as a true friend. That's just wrong and I didn't agree with that at all. Yeah. It wasn't, and Dorinda like harped on that. Like she's leaving you out. She's leaving you out. It wasn't leaving her out. She wasn't getting her involved in this messy shit that Mm -hmm. she already said she did not want to be involved in. I actually thought Ramona did her a solid by not including her. I think I completely agree. The conversation between Luann and Dorinda is exactly why Dorinda is really unhinged like if you have a problem with Dorinda bringing it up 
to her is you living in the past. Mm-hmm. People can have a gripe with you if you did something to them this morning. No. It's not the past. And it's like, we're talking about what happened on this trip so far. You think that if Lu- Luann says, you said this about me yesterday, that's living in the past and I'm going to bring up your mugshot from two right. years ago. Right. It's not the same. No, and just because something happened this morning doesn't mean you've moved past it. You haven't even spoken about it. Yeah. It's just infuriating. Like, I was really getting, like, my blood was boiling. This person, like, refuses, of course, to even acknowledge that they're even remotely wrong, refuses to have a conversation about it, and then just literally, like, makes stuff up. And she's always, like, looking for her next tagline that she's going to put on merch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like, she doesn't even speak English. Yeah, she's just, like, trying to speak in, like, Click. sayings. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And which is why the news that she's not going to be on the show anymore it was surprising, because I do think she's a fan favorite. But it was... I was happy to hear it because we can't go on like this when one person is just being so mean to everyone else. And there's, you can be a little mean, but like you apologize, you own it, you move on, you be mean in a new way next time. Like, but there's none of that with her. And I feel like a lot of people are seeing this Dorinda exit and thinking that it's going to be that Ramona's next. exodus, And then maybe Luann and Sonia. And I actually think the only one who's in danger of being fired is Ramona. Me too. Because I think Luann is a national treasure with her cabaret show. And she's finally, she really, she's the definition of, she owned up to what she did. Mm -hmm. She did her time. And now she's, yes, she's drinking again. But in a more responsible way. Like, it, it doesn't have to be all one way or the other. So I think that, and also, I do feel like they're rebuilding the show now. Or at least they around should be Leah. around Leah. And Luann is a close friend of Leah's. Yep. I think Sonia, everybody, is just like, she's so iconic New York housewife. Like, Agreed. if she's not on the show, what is the show? I, and by the way, she has literally turned into the most reasonable, logical, moral compass. It's It's been no. amaz- an amazing journey to get here. What's crazy is she's actually that every season. Remember that season where she was the only one who had Bethany's back? And yes. we were like, if Bethany ever turns on yes. her, we will never forgive her. So every season we're so surprised, but it's again and again, like she is just like such a sweetheart. She yes. really is. So I think if anyone else gets fired, it will be obvious that Dorinda got fired. I'm still not convinced. I could see it both ways. Dorinda has had the luxury of being on this show, being an animal, and not once getting called out about it, and also being a fan favorite. Like from the moment she started, people put her in icon status, Lisa Rinna status. Like people were obsessed with her. And to be honest, I never really got it. No, ever. Me neither. And slowly. Like I was happy for them that they yes. had someone, but I never got it. She started to unravel a little bit in the Puerto Rico Bethany thing to me, which was her most egregious, top three. Egregious offense. Turkey basters up there too. Yeah. But one of her most egregious, unbelievable, unethical moments on the show. And I think people like started to, but it never became fodder on the show. Like, remember we went through like five seasons where literally every conversation was, is Sonia an alcoholic? And it was like, mm-hmm. she literally would stop drinking for years just to prove that she could do it, that she's not an alcoholic. And it's like, they did that with everyone. They labeled everyone an alcoholic. Luann actually was an alcoholic. Like they get, and it never came for Dorinda. She had the privilege of just only getting the benefits of the show Mm -hmm. people loving her doing whatever she wants never having to take accountability but now there's literally nothing going on in the show like you can't ignore dorinda being the elephant in the room there's it's the only thing to talk about there's only five women none of them are that interesting you have to talk about dorinda and i could really see her not being okay with that and leaving but i do know that like this show is her her life she loves being a housewife it is her only form of income as far as i know like with instagram like the show gives her yeah yeah, yeah. like her aerobics it's all funneled through yeah the show and without the show so i i don't see her stepping away from that no and i also think while she's never really gotten into the weeds and been held accountable like this she is a fighter and she if, if it if it came for her and i feel like she would only really hear it or receive it at a reunion yes. when andy was like you know also saying but you did this and you did that with the clips i sh- i think that she could stand her ground i don't think she's one to like cower and give up and walk away so i 
I don't, and even when she, her, so when her initial statement came out, I'll read it. Claudia and I were talking, like, do you think that she got fired? Or it's she written left? like it's her decision. Yeah. But they do let, the production never admits whether someone gets fired or not, which is, like, nice, but it's so annoying. Yeah. She said, what a journey this has been. I have laughed and cried and tried to make it nice, but all things must come to an end. This was a great outlet for me to heal when my late husband, Richard, passed away. I have met so many interesting people and learned so much about myself, about life, and about women along the way. Uh, she said to my castmates for constant simulation and entertainment, I wish you all health and happiness and success. Then I saw this Daily Mail article, but also you and I were talking about it. You thought maybe she left. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure we, she was fired. Because I could see her leaving. I, I actually can't because, it, like we said, it's her income, Life. it's her livelihood. And you know what? She, I think she would be able to take the bad with the good because the bad just came for her and the good's been so great. So, but by the way, see, I thought that too. She gives off the vibe of like an animal who can defend herself. But literally this entire season, she's running from it. She literally gets up and no, moves away from conversations. That's also because she really thinks that she's right and these women don't know what they're talking about. But I do think if it was a reunion type situation where someone she respects, like I don't think she respects Ramona or no. Sonia or Luann. Yeah. But if Andy were like, no, do you not see this? I think that she would have some accountability and make some changes. And I think she could get past it i really really do i can't believe though i mean i can believe but the time is here because it seems like bravo fired her that's what the daily mail is reporting a a production source um told daily mail that it's a big mistake so we're we're all surprised quote as even though she had a tough season she's a fan favorite who people are rooting for quote dorinda was the only housewife left who both owns her own apartment in new york city alongside a second home in the country you watch this is an error that they will regret can i just say i'm almost positive she doesn't own her apartment. yeah i completely i know agree. where she lives and i think it's a rental building yeah i don't think she owns her apartment in the city but that's also like not a reason to be oh, a housewife and also what was with like literally her holding over everyone's head the berkshires like somehow they can't come for her because she invites them to their house every season literally like the berkshires was just as good for her character on the show as it was for like the storyline they don't owe her anything because she invites them to her house ramona invites the women to her house in the hamptons luann invited everyone to her house in upstate like that's not that doesn't get you a free pass no not at all she's just like grasping at straws and i think it's really crazy that they fired her and i just i'm i have a feeling that it's not going to be the only change for the cast well that's how we'll know if she got fired yeah but i think if i'm ramona i'm worried i'm worried also, Ramona might already know that something's happening. But yeah. I also think, like, I was watching Ramona's, we were watching her therapy session. Yes. And that scene literally illustrates everything that's so wrong with her. So much, emba- I had so much secondhand embarrassment. But everything that's so right. It's like, she's so cringy, but she's also self-aware of it. She's really, even in, in describing her cringiness, she's being more cringy. Yes. And it's literally so entertaining. And even though she's not, like, the housewife you might want to go to dinner with. Right. You, there's watching it on tv like the entertainment value it's really there and like she's been doing this for so long i think if it were up to me i would keep her but bravo does have a real housewives of new york problem like this was yes. not a good season we only had five housewives none of them have any money like we have a problem no How are and we all fix of them it? just it's this pattern of like we're just going to drink heavily, mm-hmm. let anything come out of our mouths ignore it the next morning and repeat 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 and that's not that's not continuity, that's not a right. season, and that's not interesting. To watch the women, like, literally behave like toddlers. Animals. No, toddlers. Like, throwing food, yeah. screaming, crying, 
Yeah. Running on, like, running somersaults on the floor. Yeah, no, totally. Literal toddlers. I don't know where we go from here. Like, I don't even, it's, it reminds me of, like, when we got to that really stale place in OC. Like, we're still coming out of it. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, these women, while they are iconic and we must pay respect, like, at some point you do have to move on. And this season has really really just been terrible yeah well so i'm glad that they're realizing it they've made one change with dorinda i do think that taking out dorinda and adding two leah type mm-hmm. housewives would be fabulous we but i'm sorry like we we need women with money i know I, and i know i get so fixated on it but that's what this franchise is like it is an aspirational franchise and that's what makes beverly hills so fabulous that's what makes like when these women take trips yeah they shouldn't be surprised by the house that they're staying in like when when the women of Real Housewives of New York go to Mexico on their own dime, they don't stay at anything even remotely close to what they do. When the women of Beverly Hills go to Rome, they stay at nicer places than when they do when they film. It yeah. shouldn't be this luxury. Yeah, I agree. Also, like, I was showing you this tweet that was like, oh, oh, vacation oh, oh. glam is so different depending on what fa- franchise you're watching. And it was Dur- uh, Dorit's Versace outfit and Dorinda's pants from London. Those pants. Oh, my God. Those pants. Those Awful. pants really sum up the, the season. Episode. The season. Yeah. The season. My my most the part that really bothered me in Mexico was at that dinner, which was just so dumb. We got nowhere. Finally, someone asked someone Leah something interesting about her business and her partners, and I actually wanted to hear it. And then Ramona's going on about the wine and like the way Ramona once again talks to staff is just so abhorrent and classist and elitist. And it's like, can we go back to the Leah conversation? Yeah. Do you have partners? But also it was Dorinda just asking Leah about her business so she didn't have to talk Deflect. about the group chat thing yeah. and whatnot. But I agree, it was interesting. And I liked the scene where we saw Leah and her business. And I, I'm assuming her, the show has been good for her business. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we get to see more of it. I wasn't like crazy about the designs that we saw. No, it looked like... um. Like, tour merch. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, she's been doing it for 15 years. I find it extremely interesting. Yeah. And I hope that it grows and that we get to see more of it. I really do. Um, I really felt a lot of pride and happiness for Sonia at her Century 21 party. Like, it is a big deal, even though now with COVID, like, I think Century 21 is bankrupt. But she did it. It's a huge accomplishment. And I, I actually love Sonia. And I think if they're going to do a big clean out, like, she has to stay. Mm-hmm. She's looking so good in her confessionals. She really teeters between being, like, this crazy, you know, drunk and also sometimes, like, so wise. No, and, like, so sweet and just a sweet soul. I totally agree. Like, when she's screaming about her pussy yeah. in that Hamptons house. Yeah. But Iconic. Then, but then she's so Nurita. Yeah, no, I think she's great. And I think that she can evolve with a younger cast. She has a young spirit. I totally agree. She and like, I, I also think that Ramona can evolve with a young cast because she, like, weird, she's so, she drinks and she's up the next day and she's so active. She's always flirting. Like, I she think. She can keep up. But then I also think she has that, like, Vicky Gumbelson energy where it's like if someone new comes in, she's going to haze them. And even though it's like, okay, you're not going to be anyone's favorite housewife when you're doing that, it's going to be interesting television. Yeah. No, I- I'll be very curious to see what happens um, before next season. Like, if they're doing a major shakeup, if Dorinda left on her own. She or, didn't. Or, or if just Dorinda was the only one who got fired, which I don't see that. I don't understand that strategy Really? At all. Watch the season. Oh, no, I'm saying, of course, no, Dorinda season. had to go. Of Watch course. the season. One person needs to go. But if it's just Dorinda, I don't know what that does. Because we're still stuck in this, like, time warp where it's these women. We're watching. It's, you know what it is? It's just, like, we're living in this, like, post-Bethany world where mm-hmm. it's, like, we need... We, everything can't be in, like, the shadow of, like, what would Bethany say if she was here? Or remember when Bethany was there for yeah. Luann and Bethany was there for Sonia yeah. and Ramona came for Bethany and they were on Noodles we're naked in the in pool? We're living in a post-Bethany era. Right. And so we need a new era. We need to be in, like, the era of Leah. Yeah, we do. We do. You we know? Do. Yeah. So I think they're going to make those changes. But you also, 
I think some people are enjoying the season, so they don't need to revamp the entire thing, like, you know, just totally start from scratch. They're making little changes. I hope they add two new housewives, but, like, not someone even remotely similar to someone like Elise. Like, that is just, like, what's so wrong with the show. That she was an up-and-comer. Yeah. When they did a preview for next week and we saw there's, like, Elise drama, I legitimately... Had forgotten completely about her. If nobody had ever said her name to me again, I wouldn't thought about her, think about her till the day I die. You can't do like go back to Elise drama after she after she wasn't even invited on the cast yeah. trip. Like that is just irrelevancy. And so now we're back in New York and we're at the Married to the Mom party, and we're going to talk about Elise. It makes no sense. Even though now in real life, like I know Elise and Leah are really close, which is so strange because I never even saw them really connect. No, me neither. And I hope that doesn't mean that Elise will be on next season because I do hope Leah has some say, but I also, I don't necessarily want Leah's friends because I don't think that they're housewife material. Material. Leah's like a once in a blue moon type of thing, but someone like that who's on the, like a Heather Thompson, just someone with an interesting personal life, great personality. Interesting business. And just someone who can hold their own. Yeah. I I love Heather Thompson. Love Heather Thompson. She was like a Bethany Frankel in a lot of ways. Yes, she was. But I while Bethany her. was on the show, it wasn't right they for her. They couldn't coexist. They couldn't coexist. I, I actually really, really liked her and her weird, like, she was weird, but she owned it. Yeah. She was cool. Um, so yeah, that was it. Um, except and, with all the tour stuff with Sonia missing her Oh, re- I mean, rehearsal. if you're going to pay her $200 a show, you're going to get $200. You, you get what you pay sh- for. You get what you pay for. Yeah. But um, I, I actually am continually impressed by Luann's tour. Like, even though, like, she had, like, those six guys sing- sitting around at the rehearsal. And, like, I looked at one of their computers and there was literally an email from Delta Airlines open. So I don't know how hardworking they are. But, like, it is impressive that, like, she has this whole infrastructure. And it's, like, when you see Sonia walk into her Century 21 um, party with, like, literally her ragtag group of interns who, like, don't you make can. a dollar. And they're different faces every time. She never has the yeah. same intern. It's, like, so not legitimate. And there's something really legit about Luann's tour. And it's really impressive. I totally agree. I'm, I'm here for all of it. And I look forward. I hope she's able to get her next tour off the ground soon. Me too. I'm assuming she's on pause right now. And I've been. And I have to say, if you haven't, it's a, it's a good time. Well, the new one's, like, different because it's, like, F. Mary Kill. And it's, like, a fully scripted show. Like, I know that she read parts of the show that I went to, which was the first show she ever did, was scripted in the sense that she had, like, her journal with her and she read passages from her journal. But there was a lot of, like, improv to it. It was a little messy, honestly. And she had, like, this projector with a video playing, which she was just getting her bearings. Yeah, like, every, I'm sure it's they've got it down to a science now. I'm sure the new tour is going to be good, and I will be going. Very exciting. All right, let's do Potomac. Okay, this week Potomac was not Potomac at their best. No, but they laid the foundation. They laid the foundation. Week. We just watched the preview for next week, and it literally looks so good. One, we have Monique driving a pickup truck. Two, we have Chris, Chris hoisting Karen. Karen in. Three, we have Monique's lake house. Four, we got Michael at the strip club. Yeah, it was um, really the best part of the episode for me, the preview for next week. <laughs> but it was still good. I Honestly, like, the difference when we're recapping different housewives is, like, the Potomac women could do nothing, but they're still interesting. Just, like, so much, like, their clothes. Even Giselle, like, looking okay. at her house, her desk. Like, that is interesting. No. That was tragic. No, I I can't. And some of the outfits that the women wore to Karen's birthday, Oof. I mean Karen's housewarming. Who was your worst dressed? My worst dressed was, wait, I need to just like think of everyone. Okay, Giselle was not my worst dressed. Ashley was not my worst dressed. Wendy was up there, but no. Up there, but no. Candace is always cute. No, I'm, Candace was my worst dressed. Really? First of all, I just have to say, like, I have that, she wore like a white kimono over like this 
pink romper. Pink jumpsuit, yeah. I have the white kimono. It's from Forever 21. I wore it to um, Stagecoach. And that's just not, like, what I want to see on my TV. Like, I think on their own, each woman was fine. But when you put them together, it's like, where are you guys going? Yeah. Robin literally looked like she was going to celebrate the New, Year's Eve, New Year's Eve in Las Vegas, yes. like, popping bottles. Yes. And it's just confusing. And, like, the women, I'm realizing, like, the women of Potomac, like, their style is some of the worst. Yeah. Of all the franchises, Monique obviously looked sickening. Like, oh, she, by the way, she raises the group average by a thousand. By a thousand. I'm so obsessed with her. We didn't get that much Monique in this episode, but the stuff we did get was premium. So we have no choice but to stand. Um, I guess some of the biggest parts was Karen and Ray in the house warming and back to Potomac. That video invitation was so cringy. Oh I can't. It's like you, you, Karen does so much that like you want to hate. Like that was so cringy. The video, her dance was so cringy. But something about There's it is so, so endearing. Like she's trying so hard, and I don't know what she's trying to hide. There's something going on. Oh, with her of this course. Season where she's like, and Wendy's really the one calling it out. Like she's for the last couple seasons been like, this is how you kiss Ray, and it's like her marriage is an institution, and it's definitely a facade because we see it slowly falling apart. Like he won't say he, lo- I love you to her. Yeah. And he's, like, not involved in this party at all. But she keeps saying the party's for him. Potomac is for him. She really is making it seem like... Or maybe she actually thinks that, like, the party is going to bring them closer together. When, to me, like, everything she did, like, for the party drives them further apart. It's all Kay, Karen, her. He wants to move to Boca. It's like a coming out party for a single woman. And, by the way, I feel... I understand where the divide in their marriage comes from. If she wasn't on the show and their kids went to college, they would have moved to Florida and just kind of retired. They are of that age. But she's like 10, 15 years younger than Ray, and now she's on the show. She has a business. And the show gives women new life, especially women who grew up as housewives. Not grew up, sorry. Who were housewives before they were on the show. The show makes them business women in their own way, and they don't want to stop. And so while Ray may be ready to retire, Karen is not. No, and the world loves Karen, and the show needs Karen. Yes. And Karen ain't going anywhere, no. so if someone has to go, it's going to be Ray, not yeah. the show. That I mean, the most interesting part of the episode, shockingly, came from Robin, even though she was barely in it, when she said you throw a house swarming party for a house that you're renting. I didn't even think that they most likely are renting that house. Yeah, which also makes sense because it seems like they have no clue where they want to be living. Yeah. So I guess the party was the most interesting part. The other kind of small stupid drama was between Candace and um, Giselle. And I found it interesting that Wendy was the one to like rat to Robin that um, Candace had called her a monster. But at the end of the day, like, Wendy has to get involved in some way. She's been on the outskirts now for five episodes, and she came in really in a difficult position as friend of Candace, and Candace is on the outs, and she doesn't have the opportunity to build relationships with everyone because she's Candace's friend. Yeah, I actually loved the scene between Wendy and Robin. I thought their friendship, like, just off the bat was really genuine, and watching their kids play was really cute. And even though it was a little uncool for Wendy to share what Candace had said, she didn't come at it in a a way like oh I'm gonna shit talk my friend like Robin straight up asked her and yeah. Wendy answered the question it's not like Wendy came to Robin and, been, and was like this is what Candace said about yeah, all of no, you yeah no it seemed like, very normal right so if if Robin had asked her and she was like oh I can't say that would make it seem like she said something so much worse than she did and Candace calling Giselle a monster on the list of things Candace has said like isn't that big of a deal your concubine allowance yeah it's just with each episode like I'm just less and less interested in anything that comes out of Candace's mouth. And it's like, how many times are we going to watch her and her husband have the conversation about kids? It's just, it gets old and boring. She doesn't evolve at all. No, I'm completely and utterly 100% done with Candace. Like, it's over. I really held out hope because she's there. She's 
she's cool sometimes and she's fun sometimes but this season has just been completely boring her fights with the women she's completely wrong and the scenes her her personal life scenes do absolutely nothing for me her having like a fake picnic setup yeah something that she would never ever do just like last week she would never have gone to that children's store boutique if not for the show having this like fake picnic to talk about fake kids that you have no interest in having like we see right through it. It's kind of like when um, Jennifer Aiden accused Melissa Gorga of like these fake storylines, like the sister. Yeah, and the um, the having another child. Test. Yeah, 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 that's true. Just actually. to have a storyline for the season, but at least Melissa was thinking big. Like yeah. Candace is thinking so small, so she's either throwing her mother under the bus or talking about a fake child that she has no intention of having anytime soon. I just have to be honest; like I'm not interested. I would rather hear Chris tell Monique that he'll pay for for anything, anything she needs. Also, while I agree, Candace is just so everything about it is just so fake and there's no substance there she is the one next week who brings the michael tea so therefore she is integral yeah but of course like the way she's going to go about it is going to be completely wrong because just watching this week's episode i don't know why next week she brings it to giselle when giselle is the ultimate i mean she obviously brought it to giselle because giselle is the ultimate poster but like if it were me and you're actually trying to be a decent person and get on good footing with Ashley, you bring it to the person who's closest with Ashley. Right. Honestly, this is giving me like Beverly Hills vibes where it's like something happened off camera. What do you do with it? It's like, yes, even though I'm sure that Candace was overjoyed to have gotten that text message, it is a burden because what do you do with it? Yeah. No. And, and you have to do like Michael is part of the show. He's fair game. So it must come up, but there's a, good way to go about it and I'm, when I'm trying to think like who is closest with Ashley Karen Karen no no really yeah Candace is closest oh, Candace. with Karen yeah but that's like a new-ish friendship no no Candace Karen and Monique like we're all close to three of them now Candace and Monique aren't speaking but I feel like right now maybe Ashley is closest with Giselle and that's why she brought it to Giselle but like it's just gonna blow up yeah, no, it's going to blow up. And obviously, like, I'm so ready for another season about Michael drama because it's always interesting. Um, but no, I, I mean, the only thing I want to recap is the preview. Like, next week looks so amazing. So amazing. Like, I can't wait to go to Monique's Lake House. I just want to be there. I want to stay there. Someone's complaining that they're in the middle of nowhere. It sounds, sounds like amazing. a dream. Can't wait to watch it all. I feel bad for Giselle in her, in her you know, personal storyline that her kids are, like, not on board with her relationship and it's like she's obviously raised really really good kids if they're so protective of their mom mm-hmm. and like you love that but it's like obviously it, it took her a long time to get to the place where she wanted to be back with Jamal and I don't think she ever expected like a hurdle to be her kids yeah and I also just think like talking about it in the middle of a dance floor of a dance class yeah. with like your friends around like is not where her daughter wants to be talking about it no this is the sort of thing where it's like I totally understand where Giselle's coming from and the kids are coming from and they just need time and like it needs to be like months years of Jamal being a good partner to Giselle for the kids Mm -hmm. to trust him and we'll get there they'll get there yeah I would love to see some more Jamal airtime but he doesn't even live in Potomac no and the the airtime we got last week just made me like terrible made me go like wish for the days when I just had this abstract idea of Giselle and Jamal together and like that they're so fabulous and that he's like too fabulous for the show even and that we'll never get it because when we got it I was like no. Yeah, some things don't just no. Some, some things don't translate. No, like, no. I, maybe some things just don't translate, and honestly, I don't think that their relationship does. But we know they're together in real life now, so there's obviously something there. Yeah, and like I think that their life together is and can be so fabulous. Like when Giselle was sitting front row at Dave Chappelle. Yes, and like oh, I lo- by the way, that is the most interesting piece of pop culture. I totally agree. And Jackie pointed it out. I did, and I just found it so exciting. I feel like 
Jamal has so many of these sorts of connections because he's so well respected. Kanye went to his church. Yes, and then like Giselle is really so respected. Like as I don't think she will ever, unless she decided, be off this show. Mm-hmm. Like she is the glue that holds it together. You told me that Beyonce watches this show. Like I think Giselle and Jamal are like an institution. Well, Beyonce has said in an interview that like years ago that she watched Atlanta. So she's on Bravo. I can't imagine why she wouldn't be watching Potomac. And I feel like the women might think that. And that's why Karen did her Beyonce dance. And she said Beyonce. Yeah. Very cute. That's so meta and exciting. Like to know that Beyonce might watch your show. I know. But then I was actually thinking it must be so stressful when you're like, in a fight with someone and you're like, wait, what side is Beyonce going to take? What is Beyonce going to think of my actions? Right. But you know what? That also holds you accountable. <laughs> Love to see it. It's a great barometer. Like, yeah. if you're, and like honestly, would Beyonce be proud of me? Yeah. And that's how, like a lot of the franchises, like there are so many celebrities who are outspoken, like they're fans of Beverly Hills. And, and like, you have to know, like Lady Gaga might judge you. Yeah, you do. Uh, Rihanna, she will judge you. She will judge you. Um, Chrissy Teigen, obviously everyone knows, but there's just so many celebrities and you get, love to see it when they go on Watch Happens Live who've been watching for so long. I would love to get a watch Travis Live with Beyonce. And I'm sure she has so many thoughts on Atlanta. Yeah. That's the only franchise she's, I think, on record admitting that she watches. But, if but you, she has to watch one. Yeah, you can't once just you watch, watch one. No, once you watch one and you love it so much and you find out that there's eight more, why wouldn't you pick up at least another one or two? Yeah, a Bravo Watch Trappin's Live Beyonce moment is what we need. I'm sure Andy, like... Has tried. It's on, No, I'm sure it's, like, on his vision board, you know, and it's yeah. a goal of his. One day. One day. One day. Um, I really don't have that much to say about the episode. It was fine. It was fine, and that's next week looks sickening, and so we'll talk to you then. Yeah. Now let's quickly recap Beverly Hills, even though, what's the point? Because we're joined by Queen of the Universe, Dorit Kemsley, in a minute. But let's just give a few thoughts. Yeah. It was a fine episode. It was a good episode. I mean, it's the episode that had to happen after Rome and after hearing Denise's side. Of course, we need to hear from Brandy. And as one of the women said, like, Denise and Brandy just need to talk. Yeah. But I don't know why Denise would ever give her that platform yeah. on Denise's show when... Brandy's just saying things that Denise doesn't want her. Yeah, I actually really liked last week's episode, the last one in Rome. I feel like it. I felt like it came to some sort of resolution, and now we're just back. It's like right. we made progress, and now two steps forward, five steps backwards. But you knew that was going to happen yes. because th- this group just cannot let sleeping dogs lie. And I understand they're on a show; it has to be brought up. But there's just something about this storyline that is way too personal. I mean, and I know they they keep bringing it back to well, if if pretty much it's like if Brandy did sleep with Denise. Then it also means that the things that Brandy said, that Denise said about the women, are true, and and they're more interested in getting to that, where it's like it's they're not bulldozing their way to the truth. Finding like hearing that Teddy lives in her dad's shadow or whatever, it's like that's not that insulting. It's like no. okay, that's your opinion. No, and it's just like I'm sure something Teddy's heard a lot. It's just yeah. to me, it's like what they're trying to find out isn't worth the the mean things they're doing along the way. And my problem with the episode was that it was all just so overt, like. In what fucking world would Brandy Glanville be invited to Teddy Mellencamp's baby shower? In absolutely no world. And I'm glad that they actually did show that there was like a offhand invitation at Kyle's house where Teddy was like, you should come. But then Brandy didn't come until it was like already over. Like they said that she was invited initially. Like that's what Kyle said. But then she said, Brandy said that she got a last minute text message with the details explaining everything. So was she invited in the beginning or was it last minute? It was so messy. And then, like, to kick out Teddy's... The whole scene was just so weird. They kicked out Teddy's friends because they thought they shouldn't be there for the the conversation. Like, the whole thing just made no sense to me. It was really weird. It was like, okay, it's time for us to do our television job. Yeah, yeah, Please yeah. leave. And also, like, they shouldn't be speaking about Denise. Well, they shouldn't be speaking about Denise without her there, period. But they also shouldn't be speaking about it in front of a, a room of women strangers. who, like, legit don't know her, who are strangers. Yeah. So they had to go. But it was just so weird. And, like... 
it was just weird that it was Teddy's baby shower, that they're using, like, this baby shower as an excuse to do this. Yeah. And it was also, like, Dorit's Capri room un- It was a unveiling. million things. It was a million things. It was just really messy. I mean, I know that we were supposed to be, like, living for, like, the Denise Brandy drama, but to me, the best part of the episode was when Garcelle jokingly, but also, like, dead serious, said that every time Erica talks about her upcoming performance on Broadway as Roxy, like, Lisa Rinna mentions that she did it 18 years ago, and then the clips back to her doing that were just, like, giving me life. Giving me life. Um, I'm... Weird. I'm Garcelle versus Rinna is kind of like a sub story yes. right now that's kind of brewing beneath the surface. And I have to be honest, like some of the things that Garcelle is saying about Rinna, um, I, I think she's really touching on something that is bubbling beneath the surface. Aside from the conversation between Rinna and and her daughter, and yeah, I didn't the like that eating disorder stuff. Like that's an aside, but she's kind of talking about how Rinna is different than the Rinna that she used to know. And I feel the same way as a viewer. Same. Like. Rinna's different than the Rinna that came on this show. And I feel like for a few seasons, she was kind of like the punching bag. You know, like Vanderpump used to always make fun for her. She was always like begging, groveling for an apology. And now she's just like this on top of the world Rinna who thinks that her shit doesn't stink, who's constantly stirring the pot and turning her back on her friends and just like always laughing it off. I totally agree. I have turned on Rinna as well. Um, There's just something about her attitude this season. I think it has to do with like Lisa Vanderpump definitely being gone. It's like the kids have taken over because the parents left the house. Mm -hmm. And I think that she's a little like unreasonable and she's not um, like she's like a hypocrite. Like she does things and then yells at other people for them. I have definitely turned on her as well. Yeah. And also even in her struggle with trying to understand the Denise Brandy situation and I really did like you know the human slash actress side of her when she said that when her and Denise like came to made amends and she said that she would have Denise's back and then she reads these text messages from Brandy which sure they they show that Denise and Brandy are friends but I don't think anyone ever really questioned that and she says this is an intimate relationship. I'm sorry, this oh is not God. an intimate no. relationship. And she's reading those text messages and wanting to believe Brandy, even though like she should be wanting to believe her friend. Yes, I now think that her, you know, emotional breakdown in Rome was definitely like an acting moment mm-hmm. because she's not following through on any of the things that she said she was gonna do. And at the end of the day, what's so frustrating about this is like Denise lied so many times and to cover up something. I, I haven't figured out what her MO is, but she just lied so many times and it's giving the women ammunition to keep going and keep furthering the storyline to uncover more of her lies. Like, you are friends. You spoke to her two weeks ago. You spoke to her before the party. You said you didn't. And it's like, it's frustrating to be on Denise's side because she's just like lying, like making stuff up out of her ass like every 10 seconds. Everything she says is a lie. So it's just, it's frustrating because I want to defend her, but it's like she's giving the women the knife to stab her with. Yeah, and also I think for the women, it's like, okay, if she lied about them being friends, it means she's lying about sleeping with Brandy. It means she's lying about right. the things that she said about us. And I don't necessarily believe that's true. I think Denise kind of panicked and, yes. and you know, and lied on some points, but it doesn't mean that everything else is true. So it is must be frustrating for Denise, but I'm really liking Denise's vibe. She's kind Me of too. annoying to like when she's lying and stuff, but in her confessionals, when she's just like, Saying one thing to the women and then her confessional just being totally honest with the viewers. Like, I'm living for it. I agree. I love that energy. I hope she brings that energy to the reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dorit said that the reunion was very interesting. And that her and Denise are friends. Even though, like, next season, next week, which is the season finale, we get a little sneak peek that she blocked Dorit on social media. Yeah. But we'll see what that, what happens. We'll, we'll see what it's all about. The only other thing that I wanted to mention is Rinna had a conversation with her daughter, mm-hmm. Amelia, about the comments that Garcelle had made. 
And it was another instance where I did feel like actress Rinna was coming out. I did feel like the conversation was a little staged. I feel like they had the conversation privately before and decided what they were going to say. And then I saw on Twitter that Amelia was wearing two different black hats. SpaceX and Balenciaga. Right. And so, which would go to say, I mean, either she changed her black hat in the middle of the scene or they filmed the scene twice and she tried to recreate her look and wore a similar but different hat. And there was a digital clock behind Amelia that had the time for a while. And then, like, as the conversation progressed, it, they blurred out the clock. <gasps> so there's just weird. And someone pointed out on Twitter, the screenshots they put up of Denise and Brandy's texts were, like, photoshopped. Like, you can see there was, like, a blue bubble error. Like, it was weird. I'll, I'll show you. We can post it on our Instagram. There's just, like, weird continuity issues okay the bubble thing of the text i didn't see it but i just feel like maybe they consolidated some text messages just to like get the point across quicker so we're not like reading text that say like hey what's up and i'm you just chilling i agree but the amelia lisa rinna stuff is really strange to me and and we spoke about this last week how it, it kind of you know it's obviously not cool of garcelle to bring this up like she's a child but Rinna and has chosen to put this on television. Yes, Amelia said, and she took it back, but she said that she was forced to share her story on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And then later she clarified, not saying forced, but encouraged her mom encouraged her to share it. It was like a whole mess. She got oh, herself God, in on her Instagram that. stories. Yeah, but anyways, like this this storyline is out there. It is something that they chose to put out there. Amelia could have been dealing with this, and, and none of us Privately. would have ever known. She's so, not a castmate. She's not required. Yeah. So. Not only did Garcelle bring it up, but then Rinna brought Amelia back to, like, have the conversation again and, like, sort of avenge Rinna right. and her parenting skills. And I just felt like that's – it's not, it was unnecessary. I agree. I agree. I so, do. Anyways. But um, it is interesting to see, like, the other Garcelle-Rinna drama brewing because they do have a longstanding friendship. And it seems like Rinna has changed. Oh, uh, by the way, and as a viewer, not that I know her personally, but the vibe that I get is like, and Lisa Rinna talks about all the time, I like the hustle. Like, being famous is a constant hustle. You have to do jobs you don't want to do. The Depends commercial, la da da da, how many times we have to hear that. But I feel like the Housewives has brought Rinna something she hasn't had ever, which is like a constant stream of fame and money. Like, the Housewives of Beverly, I mean, the Housewives in general is like a great platform, but the Beverly Hills is like the crown jewel of the whole. Like, to be on it is a, a huge honor. And the women are all rich and famous in their own ways. And I think that this platform has given her something she's craved for a long time, which is that, like, true stardom. Like, you see she's at an event yeah. with Kris Jenner. Like, yeah. this is what she's worked for for and, so long. And now that she has it, I feel like she's becoming a little bit of a monster. She's, like, moving into a new circle, too. I feel like yeah. we, we spoke about this, you and I, when we were just watching together. Because you were like, I don't know why she's turning on Denise. Wouldn't you want to be friends with Denise if she's kind of, like, a social climber? And Denise, Denise is a bona fide celebrity. Right. And I'm like, no, Rinna now is, like, moving into, like, Kris Jenner territory. Yep. And, like, Denise is, like, her old life of just yep. being an actress, a, a soap star, whatever, a mm-hmm. 90s siren icon but like now she's like she's just moving circles and and i do feel like denise doesn't pro- the, that friendship doesn't provide what it used the to. benefits yeah that it used and to. now it's like being friends with kyle being friends with sutton being friends with erica jane that's yep. where it's at I, I totally agree she's super transparent yeah and you know what we do love to see that as well and by the way that's why people love her and respect her but um it was a fine episode. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Next week's season finale. Now we have our interview with Dorit, which was so much fun to record. You know, we absolutely love her and we're so excited to talk to her. So check it out. Enjoy. We will see you guys next week. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. We are freaking out, you guys, because we are sitting down virtually with someone we discuss here all the time on The Morning Toast. At least once a week. At, when, least, at least. When we recap Beverly Hills. Please welcome to the show Dorit. Kemsley, woo! Hi, Jareed. 
Hi guys, how are you? We are good. We're amazing. We have to preface this interview by telling you that we stand so hard. Your looks this season are just giving, breathing life into the season and it's an already good season. So we just have so much to talk to you about, but before we do, we just need to say thank you for thank everything you. that you're bringing, like physically looks and mentally, spiritually glam. to the season. Thank you so much. Wow. You have made my Friday. Made <laughs> okay. We literally just, I have so many questions for you. We just watched this week's episode. And to be honest, like, we don't know if the way that we feel about, you know, the current situation is how most people are feeling, but I really feel like you are taking the really mature route on this whole Brandy Denise drama, like really not concerned with whether or not it's true, but just like, should we be talking about this? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And we see next week's season finale snuck up on us so fast. It did. Um, this is where Denise kind of cuts with the filming. You hear, uh, you say that she blocked you. Are you, and we thought you and Denise had a beautiful friendship, especially in Italy. Like we were really impressed with, with how you guys just kind of weathered the storm. Um, where do you guys stand now? Denise and I are friends. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's a secret. Um, Great. Multiple times. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say Denise and I have a great friendship. Uh, she's somebody that I connected with very quickly when I met her for the first time two years ago. When I was going through a hard time, she really lent herself in, in such a, a soft, kind way. And, you know, I, I don't forget those things. And we really bonded. And I think she's very funny. And I think she, she's, um, she's sweet and kind and caring and all of those things. And, you know, I don't know Brandy well. In fact, I met her in, inside of the first 30 seconds. You know, she insulted me. And, you know, she, and it, it just, if you're... It, if there is a story which, you know, I have to believe either my friend or somebody I don't know um, anything about and is, isn't, hasn't been very nice. I mean, it's clear I'm going to be on Denise's side. You know, right. And then there, I think that there's a level, um, you know, where you just, you don't go, you know, and what's the purpose? Why are you doing this? What are you doing this for? You know, which yeah, is totally I can understand. And it does feel like on Beverly Hills, you guys do stay above that level most of the time. Everyone has things that they don't want to share on the show, but that grace wasn't awarded to Denise in this instant. And that's what seems unfair. Right. Well, I mean, listen, there's the, the flip side to that. And the truth is we are on a reality show where we are showing our entire lives. And there's been plenty of things that maybe we don't get to pick and choose what we want to show and what we don't want to show. We just mm-hmm. don't because you put yourself out there and there's the curiosity um, of the audience and the producer's jobs and the network's jobs and, you know, the cast job and, um, is really to show the real, the reality of the situation and everything, the good, bad, the ugly. So that's the alternative argument. And I do understand that. Um, yeah. I think as far as women go and us women, it's something, you know, none of the women in our group, in our core group, brought this information to the table. They didn't. The information was brought from Brandy to the group. Um, And then of course there is this argument, well, what happens then? It's out there. The information wasn't delivered to me. Had it been delivered to me, I wouldn't have done it the way it was done, but I have a different relationship with Denise. You know, I would have done it very differently and I certainly would have made it, wouldn't have made it very public. And I certainly wouldn't have talked about some of those sorted details. At the baby shower, when you found out that Brandy was going to be in attendance, did you shoot Denise a text and let her know, or she genuinely just decided not to show up and it was like perfect timing for her? 
she actually had FaceTimed me before the baby shower had started, before I, I knew Brandy was coming, that she was sick and she couldn't come. Okay. So I don't know if she had any wind of it or, or what, but she, um, you know, she did FaceTime me telling me she couldn't come because she was sick. And then okay. Brandy ended up showing up at the end of the baby shower. Um, I think another reason why we've really connected with this season is that glam is like a topic of conversation. It's at an all-time high. And aside from the actual looks, it was actually a part of the storyline, some of the fighting, you know, when you showed up late to Malibu, which I was totally on your side. Like, I just thought Kyle was being so unreasonable. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, like, what does your day look like when you film? I know on the trip, I'm sure it was back-to-back with glam and then daytime and then nighttime. But what is an actual day in the life of a housewife when you're putting these looks together? what What does that look like? So for me, I mean, I like to, it depends on my mood, obviously, whatever we're doing, but I love to put looks together. I love to play. Uh, It's a space that I really enjoy, you know, the fashion space and the glam space. Um, I love it. It's who I am. I enjoy doing it. Um, So I choose an outfit. I put together the look and then I've got a great team. Justine Marjan, who is my uh, hairstylist and very dear friend, one of my best friends. We've been working together for a number of years and you know I trust her she knows me so well so once I've put together the look I'll collaborate with her and decide how I want to do my hair um, and she just you know she kills it she, she really kills, it, kills it time and time and time again she's so next level uh, it's fantastic for me because I get to work with you know my friends and we get yeah and when you have a similar vision and you understand one another you know each other so well, you can really have a great time at it. And I think that that's what you're seeing, the byproduct of that. Um, So that's the process for me. I choose an outfit I put together, sometimes the night before. If we're traveling, then obviously I'll pack a couple of days before and put together a few different looks. And, And then other times when I don't have the time, and I know I'm shooting, and keep in mind I've got two little ones and businesses, and so life is always very crazy and very busy. Um... I could just literally be grabbing something as I'm going, you know, or throwing something together after the fact. You know, if I, if I do have my hair and makeup done and it's low key, then it's, I'm going for a low key outfit, you know, kind of more comfort. Yeah. What has been your favorite look that you've worn this season? We'll tell you ours. It's okay. so hard. I hear yours because it's really hard. There's so many that I love. You okay. know, mine is actually not that obvious, you know? I don't think mine is Do either. you think we have the same one? I think we, the <coughs> lunch in Italy. The Fendi one. No, no, oh, no. Okay. Lunch with Kyle in Italy when you wore that big black, like, scrunchie around your hair. It was just so oh. understated and so elegant and just so different. Mm, I know. I loved that. I, I felt the same. And it no, was kind of what I was going for. Again, the outfit really spoke to the way I wore my hair and my makeup. Yes, because you, you almost looked like you were going to a funeral. And some could say that lunch might have been the funeral of your and Kyle's friendship. Some could say. <laughs> what was yours? No, I think we're talking about the same one because she was wearing the Fendi tights, tights and the Fendi boots and the trench and the scrunchie. Yes. Oh, maybe, yeah. And uh, it was just, it was like, it's not the most obvious one, but it was, it was so like delicate and low key and just subtle. apt. And also like Fendi and Roma, it was perfection. perfection. It was perfection. I agree. And I also wearing those Italian designers in Italy, in Rome. I mean, for me, I just felt like it was paying respect. Yes. Um, I was having a love affair with Versace last year. I mean, I just thought everything she did, you know, I was drawn to. And so I think my favorite, and it's really hard because there's so many that I love. Um, it's hard to pick favorite. It's like children. Totally. Like I can't favorite of my children. I love them both, you know? 
it wouldn't but be I right. I really, really love the Versace suit. And that was a lot of fun because it kind of came together. It was brought to me. Um, I've got a wardrobe stylist that I've worked with for many years. She's also a dear friend. She's in New York City. And she'll, she'll send me some things. I mean, we've known each other a long time. It's great when people really know you because I don't have time to shop these days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things, a lot of things will get sent and then I kind of pick and choose. And when I was putting it together and I, I had all of these Versace accessories laid out, I was actually putting it together and I was pinning things all over. And then I put on the belt and I, I couldn't decide which belt I liked. So I kind of had them both up and then I was like, wait a minute, I kind of like them together. So then I stacked the belts. Wow. I mean, I, I, yeah, I stacked the belts and then I ended up putting even hairpins on the jacket. Yeah. Oh, wow. So for me, that was such a fun look. I had a necklace wrapped around my, my, my wrist. Um, and I, I like outfits like that. I like where it, when it kind of, you know, I, I, there's a little bit of me that, you know, there's a uniqueness and originality. Um, there was an outfit I wore, a Prada set. It was to Denise's infamous, yeah, her infamous pony. barbecue with the pony. Well, that, I actually cut the Prada shirt because I wanted it to be level with the pant and it was a high, went, high waist pant. I didn't want to tuck it in because it had a cute little belt around the pant and it bunched too much. So I actually cut it. And then with that piece, I sewed a hair scarf and then put oh, it in with hair. So that, that look came together. And I love things like that. <laughs> I mean, honorable mention no. to the Attico dress you wore to uh, Kyle's event. That was just sickening, show-stopping. Give birth to it, throw it in a blender, mix it up, reference it, not <laughs> reference it. It was just fucking brilliant. Like, and I can imagine how much time that takes. And we want, as viewers, we want to let you know, like, we appreciate it so much. It elevates the show to a completely different level, which is. I think what really sets it apart from other franchises, it's mm -hmm. like these looks, it's like, it's Milan Fashion Week. It's like a magazine. It's something that we like maybe used to get from other mediums that now with so many people watching reality TV, you guys are real, like, uh, like kind of what we used to get from maybe a show like Gossip Girl. Yes. Gossip yes. Girl, Sex in the City. Exactly. Yes. Like those looks that are really curated and have like a theme and, a, and a, an idea to them. You guys are serving up on Beverly Hills and it does not go unnoticed. No, it does not. I'm so glad too, because- that's the, that's the, when I get teased for it, I say to myself, I mean, you're not going to change me. I enjoy right. that is, that is what I like doing. So I'm it's glad so lame. It's so lame when people tease others, like for being the, creative. Yeah. It's like an art. Exactly. Or for grooming. It's like, why would you tease someone for wanting to look nice? Too? Yeah. Can't relate. For their job, like that they're showing up to, cause it's not just, you're going to a workout event in for Teddy, like, yes, it, it's that, but it's also like, you're recording a t like a show that so many people watch and it's going to be out there, people watching it for years and years and years. And like that look is going to have legs. Exactly. Also, I was wearing Beverly Beach leggings. You, you don't have to defend yourself, Dorit. You look <laughs> sickening the beach down. You look sickening. Gagworthy walked in. I'm like, yes, I I'm glad she's late. And she's not even late because she said she was only coming for half the fucking day. I love you. And also, it's so important that you take those pictures. Those pictures are so important, like, so important. I mean, that's the whole thing, is that why waste such a good look? I want to see it. And I know other people want to see it. You know, I'm, I'm literally making that time. And that takes a matter of minutes. This is not totally. like, let's just book a half a day for a photo shoot. It's not like that. It's no. all the photo shoot. You snap a few pictures, you know. We all um, do it. We all do yeah. it. Yes, I know, exactly. And that's, that's the gram, isn't it? 
It's the Graham. Can you tell us a little bit about the reunion? You guys filmed it remotely. Was Denise there? Yes. Love it. I'm so glad. I think she deserves a moment to explain herself. Me too. I was so glad she, she was there. And in and, and truth, she had said to me leading up um, that there was no way she wasn't going to be there. So good. I expected her to be there. Oh, and good. There's, a lot of, there's always a lot of chatter in the press. And, you know, it's, it's hard because when conversations happen in the press or the press takes it to the next level, and then we kind of operate with our hands behind our back because you can't answer every single thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but I'm glad she was there. Uh, the reunion, although virtually, was epic. It was really incredible. It's definitely one you want to tune into. Excellent. Um, yeah, and it, that, that look was a lot of fun putting together. I mean, Sickening. it's a reunion, so you have to have a lot of fun. I, I really loved, loved the dress and I loved the hair um, that I did. And, and as far as the actual content in the reunion, definitely worth tuning into. It's really good. Do you think Denise is going to return? I don't see why she wouldn't. Oh. I don't see why she wouldn't. I mean, I say that. Um, she's friends with me. She's friends with Garcelle. Um, you know, the only reason why someone wouldn't return is if they're either not friends with anyone in the group anymore or if they just, um, you know, they're just not wanted, I suppose. Right. And I don't think it's either of those. That It's not neither of those. But I don't know. I mean, that, believe me, if you ask me, you can ask me all of those questions, but it's the powers that be that, <laughs> that actually, right. Denise, that make those decisions. But I would think so, yeah. Nice. Well, speaking of the powers that be, something that Denise said this season, she said, bravo, 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 which we now know is something that you say when you don't want something to air. Is that something that's like used often? Like, do, have other people said that over the course of your time on the show? And like, we didn't get, ever get to see it? No, no. No. Not. In fact, kind of the first time I've ever seen it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's really not a tool to not get footage aired, you know, yeah. which is why Bravo deliberately put it in. Because imagine that, you guys. Imagine if we could all arbitrarily choose what we wanted to air and not air. I mean, yes. then we producing a show, which we're not producers on. Right. Um, no, I think that she had heard it. Um, some of the OGs. Kyle, Lisa Vanderpump, they had said that back in the day when they wanted to touch up their makeup, they would say it while they were, you know, putting powder on their nose. Oh. But if it's anything juicy, oh no, it's never oh. removed from the show. It's just- That's so interesting. One other breaking the fourth wall question, because there's this rumor going around that, um, that Kyle and Teddy filmed the scene with Brandy and Kyle after you guys got back from Rome. So goes to say that they got the information about Denise off camera off camera and then they decided to bring it up in Rome and then film a scene where they're being told as if it's for the first time I didn't I didn't hear that I mean I was told in Rome and it was told to me by the girls that they had filmed with Brandy and this had happened okay okay so yeah I have another question for you totally unrelated but it I just have so, like I've been we've been waiting for this like you're just gonna have to sit here for two hours sorry um <laughs> you know it wasn't too it wasn't too long ago that you were the new girl. And I think in your first season, it was tough for you. Like not every, you didn't jive with everyone. Everyone didn't jive with you. Um, and now that you are kind of like a resident castmate and new girls come on, like what is your, 
like, how do you decide to introduce yourself? Do you go out of your way to be nice to new girls? Because I know that you and Garcelle have a really great friendship and I feel like you and Sutton get along really well, like your love of shopping. Are you doing that intentionally just because like you were the new girl once and it wasn't as easy for you? Okay, so, and I, I, I really like you guys. So I'm, I feel like, you know, heart open on my hand, you know, hand of my heart, heart on my sleeve, whatever the, the, the word is. Here's the thing. I've always been that kind of girl that when I meet people, I, if I kind of like everybody, you know, and until you give me a reason not to, I'm warm and nice and kind and I enjoy meeting people. And that's the way I always was. And then I applied that in the show. Um, didn't always work. And I kind of realized, I mean, when I had sort of met Teddy for the first time, you know, I thought that we were friendly and then things were good. And then, you know, she's texting me and I, I felt like I kind of, put my heart into her. And then when I watched the show back, her first season, it was just like all of the, like this bashing and talking and it was like so shocking to me. So it was like this whole new world I had to become um, adapted to. And so therefore I kind of decided after that, okay, well, I'm gonna approach it where I'm gonna be myself and be nice and kind. If there's any kind of signs or reasons for me to go slowly, I'll, I'll do it. So. I think that the answer, the long-winded answer that you're looking for is that Garcelle, when I first met her, it was just an easy connection. She was so fun and it was just, I, our personalities connected. We had a great time and I really liked her from the beginning. Sutton, on the other hand, she, things can come out of her mouth without thinking. She's quirky. I've gotten to know Sutton, so I can tell you she's so lovely. I really enjoy her. We have become friends. But in the beginning, I was like, trying to figure her out, you know, trying to understand, because I didn't really know, you know, is she going to like me? Am I going to like her? Is she going to say something that's like so, you know, extraordinary and shocking? And she does. Yes, she does. <laughs> I, guess, I, I guess that's kind of the beauty of the show, which I think is yeah. why she was such a good addition to the show. I agree. Yeah, she brings something different. Yeah, I think like at first I, I wasn't sure what her role was going to be. Um, but I actually think she fits in really well. I think you guys all, the group, I, I think for the, I think we speak on behalf of the fans and we were ready to get Lisa Vanderpump out like from literally five years ago. Like we have been riding this train. We are the conductors of the train. Get her off of the show. Like I just think she's so toxic and manipulative. And like, we were really believers in that. And I think a lot of people were like, well, where does the show go from here? She was on it from the beginning. She was an integral part of every storyline, you know, sniper from the side. But now that we're here, I feel like you really get to see a lot more character development from you guys. Um, there's more like real genuine friendships. Like I'm sure, I mean, I think a lot of you guys hang out off camera. We do. We and do. that's beautiful. And real genuine friendships. And it, even shooting, you know, filming or I would say filming, how best to say it, um, you know, it feels like it's, it's just, there's a, a freedom to it. There's like something that's sort of lifted. And I think that's why you're seeing um, a lot more, develops development developments in friendships and mm -hmm. characters and so on. And I think that Lisa was, you know, a very important part to the show for a very long time. And she had a very big fan base. She still has a very big fan base. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was her decision to leave. And I think that, um, you know, maybe it was the best decision for her, for everybody. Mm -hmm. It just, it felt different after she had left. There was definitely something that lifted or, or shifted. And I think- A lightness. That, yeah. Everybody across the board kind of felt it. 
Yeah. Well, it's nice to watch it uh, all play out. One final question. Wait, I have one too. Okay, so, okay. So one each. Who is your favorite designer? Another oh, toughie. I just, I don't have one favorite. It's funny because, um, you know, obviously I, I'm a fashion lover, so I'm always tracking the fashion and it depends. I mean, I think Dior's doing some incredible things, but you know, two seasons ago was Gucci and you know, I've got design, I've got designers that are not, um, you know, known designers that I really like and track. I could not give you one. I couldn't even give you 10 probably. Um, okay. Fair. What do you think your monthly budget for glam and wardrobe is when you're filming? I mean, that's hard. And I'm not sure I'd actually mention that. <laughs> okay. But that actually wasn't my last question. My last question was, how is your house? Love. I love the house. I love the it's house. Beautiful. The house is very great. Do you have the party at your house next week? Yes. Okay. Oh, is so it a housewarming? It is a housewarming. And my husband and I developed a non-alcoholic champagne called the Stoos that uh, we launch at the party. We've got like, Fabulous. This, like 16 foot champagne bottle in our pool. Okay. So you'll really see, yeah, the house is beautiful and you'll get a chance to see it really um, right. for the first time this season, like kind of more done. Oh, so. that's exciting. Fabulous. Well, Dorit, we absolutely loved having you here. I know your time is so precious. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all you do and just saving the show. And you're just <laughs> everything of the sort. Keep doing you. Never apologize for who you are. Bring the looks, bring the hair, bring the attitude. We are here and we are living for it. I love it. Love, love you. you. So amazing. Thank you. Bye guys. Have a good one.